Hey everybody, this is Ryan from the future. We go through a lot of stuff in this episode, and so there's a couple things that I just wanted to make sure that we clear up just to, you know, for information. So the first thing that we wanted to touch on was aphasia. You're going to hear this a lot, and we wanted to make sure that you know that it is solely a loss of language, and it's not a loss of intellect or mental capabilities. And the second thing that we wanted to touch on was that when we're looking at speech therapy treatment, first, it's always going to be evidence-based practice before you move into any sort of improvisation. So treatment follows what research has shown to be effective, which I feel like you all might have assumed that as you listen to this episode, very similar to how we look at training is you have to understand the concepts and you have to go with what the science tells you first. And then once you have that, then you can actually have a little bit more fun with it, have some more improv, you know, play games, etc. So that way you can actually teach people what you're trying to get at. So just a couple of things to want to make sure that we touched on. So enjoy the episode. Let's get into it. position of your tongue and in your mouth will change how you can like make a note so like you can bend notes in the same way that you bend a guitar like mm-hmm. you you know bend a good string on a guitar and so when you do it you drop the like if you're making like a g sound you drop the back of your tongue down as you're inhaling and it'll force it'll force the air to like bend over the reed and it'll hmm. go um, on like a harmonica that's yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. That's all about resonance in the mouth, like the the oral cavity. Like you have your articulators, which are these little your tongue, your soft palate, your hard palate, your velum, the little the piece u- of tissue. The, pe- the uvula is the hangball. <laughs> the little dangly thing. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the dongle. The and dongle. then <laughs> in between the space behind your nose or your nasal cavity and the the space in your mouth, your oral cavity, you have this like piece of tissue and it has to go down to make all your nasals, your N, M, and ng. it goes down. I, you can do this. Mm, mm, mm. You're going to feel a little more air behind your nose. Yeah. And um, in order for those, yes, in order for those nasal sounds to occur, the velum, that piece of tissue has to drop. And so the reason I bring up all these, the articulators all work together in your oral mechanism to to mess with resonance, right? Which is what you're describing. And that's why your mouth is an instrument in and of itself. Um, so that's really cool how like you even described, you're like, oh, and the K and the G. Yeah, those are the velar sounds because the, the velum's down and the tongue is at the furthest point in the back. <laughs> if you even make those sounds. Oh, that was really hard. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> you'll yeah, you'll fine. hear those yeah. like, sorry this is my job i play with this all day sometimes especially if i get like really challenging new cases which is fun you don't want to be bored i'll have to like repeat with the the 
client is doing and I'll be like, what the hell is ah, you're like, what noise go. are you making? Haven't yeah. done that one in a while. There was one who w- I, uh, I actually had to refer her to an e- ENT and uh, ear, nose and throat specialist because everything was happening like this. Like she w- it was she was nothing but vowelizations, just vowels. And was it Sarah Silverman? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare talk about her. She's a national treasure. <laughs> Put respect on that goddamn name. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and she's fucking and Matt she's Damon. And she's fucking Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this kiddo, she, the, that piece of tissue that, that separates the nasal cavity or cavity, like it wasn't coming back up. So uh-huh. everything was nasalized. And I think she's going to need some kind of surgery. Yeah. Damn, that's surgery. Crazy. surgery. Yeah. Because Sur- I mean, surgery. <laughs> yeah. Speech therapy can only get you f- so far. But if you're like working with, physical differences you, right. you can't compensate yeah. much well i mean i've had a lot of kiddos who newly develop a li- um a lateral lift mm. so the air is on the side of yeah. the mouth as opposed to the the tongue thrust mm-hmm. list um the lateral lisp commonly occurs after kiddos get braces because they're still kind of still figuring out how to do it or if they have a really severe underbite naturally mm. so part of me is like well Let's just see what the braces do. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really crazy how just like messing around with your facial structure and um, these these different disorders or things concomitant to it will like create new sounds. I remember. Did you ever did you ever have braces? <laughs> As an adult, yes. Did you ever have braces? Straight teeth all day, baby. Okay, nice. calm down. We get born it. and raised. <laughs> all natural. Straight, Let's that's go. That's straight teeth elite. <laughs> Let's go. I, re- I remember when I got braces, I uh, because it fucks up how you talk. Yep. And I, re- just... I remember sitting in my room at night, like saying the alphabet, oh. like over and over and over again, like, and just like, hey, but just like talking out, right? Because like your tongue doesn't like move well. I also remember, um, sorry, mom, here's a new thing you're gonna learn about me oh, as well, <laughs> is when I got my tongue pierced. I uh same thing like you, my tongue swells up I can't talk yeah and and so I remember like both of these uh when I got my tongue pierced I was like oh I could do the thing that I did when I got braces which was just like continuously say the alphabet to like teach my mouth how to like say words again and letters again and make sounds yeah because it would always come off like super stupid you still have the tongue piercing <laughs> no I took it out oh how funny I took it out when I uh cracked like three molars oh I bit it and I was like, ah, I'm done with this. Oh, mm, delicious. So, thankfully, they weren't bad enough that they've ever required surgery. Yeah. Or not surgery, but like, den- like dental care or anything oh. like that. So, I didn't have to get like fillings or caps or anything like that. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah. So, I was like, I'm done with that. Ooh. Do you guys, speaking of teeth, do you guys still have your wisdoms? Nope. Uh, I took them out at 14. Nice. Of all things to develop on a young lady, those came in first. I had to get them out real early. Still good for you. <laughs> I got mine out two years ago oh yeah that shit sucked that was my first experience with um anesthesia yeah and i did not react well <laughs> mine was the shoulder oh really yeah you didn't get anesthesia no i did with For, the shoulder no with your wisdom teeth no seriously they ha- i got the uh numbing shots the novocaine mm-hmm. uh were, were yours it. impacted yes and they didn't Nope. I had to be put out. Like no. I had to go to like I had to do like surgery no. to my, get him taken out. Well, so my uncle's my dentist, and oh. he like he hooks it up. So oh, good to note because I actually need to go to the dentist. Yeah, so so <laughs> he hooks it up, notes. right? So like I only had to pay for the shots, like the uh, Novocaine shots or the numbing shots. Yeah. So yeah, like, but it was 
it was a four hour process because like he got through him him and his son my cousin they work at the same dental practice they got through the left side and i was sitting there like all numbed up and they're like how you feeling i was like i can't feel shit and they're like we might as well just do the right because you're here like that way they're all out of the way he's like it's gonna suck for a week but you don't have to come back and I was like, I don't feel a goddamn thing. Let's do it. Let's go. Oh, that's fucking terrible idea. My whole mouth hurt. Um, on one of the sides, the uh, the blood clot, like I rinsed too early, so the blood clot it came broke. loose and gave gave way. Oh no! And so like I had like that wind tunnel into my gum, and so and it was you were just like <gasps> so <gasps> painful. I yeah. So oh, and you were bruised chipmunk, probably eating mashed potatoes and mac and cheese and. Uh, I don't even. I, I think I had oatmeal and eggs for a week. Oh, you were healthy. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Look oatmeal and eggs for a week. Oh my god. Sorry. Speaking of mouth thing, especially when you brought up braces. So, I didn't get braces until I could afford to do it myself, which was until my mid twenties. And it happened to be when I was in grad school for speech pathology. Oh, fuck. A part of the adjustment. So <laughs> braces are not just for straightening the teeth. They're also for like correcting the mandible and mm-hmm. mandible, mandible, your lower jaw, maxilla, your upper jaw. I had like a slight deviation where they were a little off. Very, very slight. Like a person couldn't tell like, who's this hick? But you know, the dentist could. <laughs> <laughs> so you are literally a slack jawed yokel. <laughs> <laughs> Cletus is my middle name. <laughs> no, I kid. But so part of that correction process, I, I was having fucking rubber bands going from one angle to another. Yeah. So I had a rubber band on the top left tooth, number 10, to the bottom right, and I also had a tiny triangle on the right, so I could not. I fucking show up for my gra- uh, orientation for grad school, and I can't speak. I'm like, hi. Like, cause They're I can't like, say op- your name. You're like, I can't. It's such a pleasure to be here. Like, it was just weird. (laughs) I was modifying all kinds of things. So you were Kanye West, essentially, had your jaw wired shut. (laughs) I actually, like, lost a lot of weight inadvertently (laughs) throughout that process. But it was great because by the time I got to externship with my first client, we both had braces. Me and this little eight-year-old boy. Nice. And so. You and Tommy. (laughs) You were one. I actually, Rulion, he was the (laughs) cutest and he was korean and he would go rebecca do you know korea and i'm like korean no i don't he's like korea <laughs> <Get that. laughs> you're saying it wrong <laughs> wrong emphasis kiddo <laughs> <laughs> that's how they say it there korea yeah. that's I'm, probably how his dad taught him in korea <laughs> probably huh? that's how they say it I feel like you're pushing like you're Get into like questionable Japanese territory. <laughs> well, maybe. Oh, Korea. I mean, I deal with. I used to deal with them both. So, <laughs> yeah. no. Korea. But but to go go back to the like quick on the no, uh, the anesthesia thing. Yeah. So I got mine taken out in, I think I was, high school. Oh, somewhere in high school. I should have done it back then. Fuck. And well, I had to. So oh. what was happening was, um, I had braces. Mm-hmm. Did like the you know retainers post post that. But my um, both of them were impacted on both top and bottom, and oh. so they were coming in at an angle, yeah. and so my like my bottom teeth are crowded again because of it. Um, but so I went in like in the morning, got my like got set up or whatever, and I, the last thing I remember the doctor saying he's like, "Here's your cocktail," and I'm already kind of like loopy from the oxygen, and I, in my head I go, "I'm not old enough to have a cocktail." <laughs> <laughs> that and that's the last. That's, that's, cute. that's where it ends. Then like. Then um, I wake, like, you know how sometimes in like horror movies where people will be uh, like they're 
they're freaking out or whatever yeah. and they ha- they like wake up but they wake up like violently sitting up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that happened to me oh you shot up so i like shot up cuz like just straight awake in my like in my parents house yeah. on a couch and it's like nighttime oh so you made it home at least oh yeah 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 so i made it home i went in at like 8 a.m. now it's like 5 p.m. and i am just coming to consciousness wow so i was out all day yeah Whoa. All, all day well your conscience was out all day yeah 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 <laughs> oh yeah the text messages that i was sending to people were hilarious because <laughs> I, I guess i was like just all messed up in yes. the car like texting people and i i, I looking <laughs> at the message and it was like it's like as if you closed your eyes and were pressing three fingers on the keypad yeah and then eventually hit enter so a bunch <laughs> of my friends enjoyed it but anyway i uh so i like, shot up super confused because i was like where am i what time is it like, like I'm coming in from Jumanji, like, what year is it? <laughs> um, and same. So like I freaking out and because of like me, like, like straight up having a panic attack, I was yeah. like hyperventilating, crying. Cause I couldn't like, couldn't completely realize what was happening. <laughs> like run to the bathroom. <laughs> My mouth is filled with gauze and I'm like, like spit the gauze out because i was like what is in my mouth and then i'm like bleeding oh just my like god violently from my mouth and my mom comes in and she's just like it's okay you're home like as she's like stifling laughter because i'm oh. having a goddamn <laughs> panic attack and i finally like come to and i'm like what is happening <laughs> and that was my first experience with anesthesia god <laughs> kids don't do drugs yeah don't kids do don't do anesthesia Jeez. or oxygen or apparently oxygen yeah uh Whatever. I have something funny about oxygen, but that's besides the point. Well, according to Fight Club, it gets you high. It gets you high. True. It definitely does. First, let's introduce the show. Oh, okay. We haven't Sorry. Even started it. Sorry. Um, welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> um, so, Ryan, who do we have with us today? So we have a, a very good friend of ours, um, uh, Miss Becca Perez. Woo. <laughs> so that's the voice you heard earlier. So uh, both of us, we know Becca from like the gym space and she, uh, we were talking, so her and I were talking a little while ago and she, uh, she brought up the concept of like, you know, if, if she could come on the, uh, come on the show and I was like, hell yeah, that'd be awesome. So, um, I'll let Becca explain what she is. And if you haven't kind of guessed it already at this point, are you even paying attention? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Becca, what do you do? All right. Well, first off. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. <laughs> totally just invited myself. I was like, hey, Ryan. You definitely did. I want to hang out. You want to talk about some shit? Let's do it. Um, so they're actually doing me a favor because I'm going to be speaking on a panel about my profession in a couple weeks. It's good practice. Yeah. So I am a speech and language pathologist. I've been practicing for eight years. And what that means is, on a general note, is that I help people specifically in my scope, children who have communication disorders. And that communication disorders can encompass a lot of different areas. A speech and language pathologist has uh, a very large scope from which they start and then later specialize. So the first everybody probably thinks of is articulation, speech. You think of the Looney Tunes. They all have some kind of weird speech impediment. Taz. Uh, Daffy. Yeah. Um, I taught, I taught, putty cat. Oh, so Elmer Fudd. Elmer Fudd. Uh, Foghorn Leghorn stutters, I believe. Uh, I I think that's just some Kentucky. Does he stutter? Oh, yeah. I say, I say. I say. 
Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Both of you remember the exact same thing. That's <laughs> because yeah. that's like it's his like his it's phrase. Iconic. Yeah. Elmer Fudd. He doesn't have his R's, I believe. What does yeah. he say though? Hunting rabbits. Yeah, there rabbits. we go. Rabbits. Yeah. So like Porky Pig. Porky Pig stutters. Porky Pig is a huge stutter. Oh, that's pretty bad. But deep, 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 That's all. Yeah. Oh, pobrecito. Okay. Well. Tweety Bird. I thought I thought. Yeah. He doesn't have his S's. Yeah. So yeah, that's the most simplistic way, right, to approach the speech aspect, right? It's just articulation, pronunciation. Yes, pronunciation. How things sound, not necessarily the structure composition syntactic element that kind of a thing oh taking me way back to early english syntax early english no it's (laughs) not even that way it's more like uh when you have a a kiddo with a language disorder that's something a little bit different um that can encompass some like grammatical things but language disorders and i'll go into that a little bit later but um also is much more prevalent with adults post-stroke Ah. Um, yeah yeah but just trying to finish up all the communication disorders stuff it's articulation language voice fluency pragmatics and swallowing disorders also related more so to adults but can relate to the child um population so to break that down any questions so far i see you looking at me like no, just mm. listening intent- intently. Okay. I was like, <laughs> intently. So when you have, referring to my notes. <laughs> came, she came far more prepared than we did. Way more. <laughs> well, I just. She brought a whole book. I'm kidding. It's a tiny book. It's a huge book. book. It's like There's as a, thick as Webster's. Yeah. I mean, that's that's <laughs> like a J.R. Tolkien type of. Yeah. All three Lord stories rings. in one book. Oh, it's my wild. Lord. Yeah. Well, you guys are at least working together and making me look like an epic nerd. <laughs> um, the point of this is, oh, it's because an SLP can work in so many um, different realms. And uh, that's usually the part that's surprising to everybody. Most people hear the speech thing and you think you sound funny. You tell kids, copy me, say pig, pig, yay. But no, um, aside from schools, you have private practices. Hospitals is one of the most interesting realms. To be honest, actually, that's where I wanted to start working off right out of grad school. But the nearest place that had availability for hiring was all the way in Bakersfield, and I wasn't about to move at that <laughs> point in time. Why is uh why is ba- like not Bakersfield? <laughs> why is Bakersfield so interesting? Because it's a hick town. Oh no! <laughs> like why are hospitals the? If I'm jumping ahead, stop me. Oh no, go! F- I'm all like, for the question. But yeah, like why hosp- Why are hospitals like the? What like what what? So made you interested in that? Oh, because um, I really liked the traumatic brain injury population. So um, also within the, the speech path scope is um, work, you work with people with any lesion, infarct, seizure, some issue with the brain. It might very likely affect your temporal lobe or your prefrontal cortex, areas that impact language. So within a hospital, that's totally within our realm to address. So we can be uh, doing cognitive therapy with an individual who had a stroke or traumatic brain injury example so um a client with a traumatic brain injury all of a sudden um would no longer be oriented to where they were their their memory was affected they couldn't even recall like the medicines that they had to take on a daily basis they their attention span could have been so short-lived that all of a sudden they're having a conversation and they forgot where they were necessarily going with it. 
So given that that impacts communication, I was really into that. I liked working with adults for the counseling aspect because one thing, you're having to deal with the idea of like this thing I used to do so naturally and didn't think about all of a sudden it's, it's work. So I, I have a background in counseling as well. My undergrad is in psychology, and so that's that's an added thing, but um, and not necessarily relevant to all SLPs, speech language pathologists. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you can uh, speak in shorthand at this point. It's it's fine. Oh, okay. I just wanted to be sure because sometimes I listen to you guys and I'm like, what the fuck did Ryan say? But then I'll I'll pick it up off of context. Oh, good so, to note. Thank you for that uh, random feedback. Do oh. we really shorthand things? I think so. we well, probably do. You do well, yeah, because you're so uniquely like CrossFit and fitness, and oh, we know true. all this shit. And then I mean, because like when we like converse, it's just we also sometimes speak in a little code, e- so well, that way speaking a lot of code. Yeah, it's true. He's all one four three. I love you. Yeah, I. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've sent that to you. Yeah. Aww. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Super. And then he's like, "What is that?" And I sent him the song. What song? The song one four three. It's an actual. It's yeah. an actual. That's where get it from. Oh, you have to show me that. I thought it was just a phone thing. I don't know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's also a yeah. song. Yeah. Learn something new every day. That's what we're here for. Oh, yeah. So I'll I'll try and uh, not worry about the shorthand as much then. Unless yeah, no, just go with it. Yeah. Okay, so... How, we were talking about hospitals, uh, cognitive issues. Yeah, so I, I liked the idea that you could work with like cognitive therapy as well. I, like I get to do a little bit of counseling aspect because I love the human connection. That That's it's like a big part of the fulfillment for me. So I liked that with the adult population, the traumatic brain injury aspect, because I could see a very, very functional way I was helping on the day to day. Um, Also within hospitals, you can assist people who've had strokes. Um, Commonly after a stroke, if it affects a region of the brain that involves language, you have something called an aphasia. So uh, working with people with aphasias is really fucking cool. It's like you're playing a weird taboo game. Like, so... Aphasia or naphasia? Aphasia. A-P-H-A-S-I-A. Is that I'm commonly referred to as like brain fog? I uh, Or what is it? I so thought there was something like after people have strokes, they have like brain fog. Or I, I could see that if you're related to like language specifically. Yeah. So like for my grandmother, like they oh. like she, I mean, she hasn't had one in a while, but I remember when she had it, she's like, her speech started to slur or she would like forget words like simple words exactly yeah it's like this uh, there's one element of it like the tip of the tongue phenomena where Mm. you have are thinking of a word and it could be like a common word like cup right and you're just fuck you excuse my language your brain just won't you can swear it's okay Okay. (laughs) it's our fucking show you're right yeah you do whatever you want (laughs) no that's right (laughs) but um like maybe i'm trying to refer to the cup and i'm like hey eric can you help me out can you grab that and and it's there and it's very, and I might even talk around it. I'll use all kinds of words. I'll be like, you know, it's like a receptacle the for like water holding apparatus and liquid fucking yeah. thing that I drink from. It, yeah, <laughs> it can be, and it can be quite impressive the way you talk around it, yeah. this circumlocution, if you will. And, but it's, po- it's so frustrating for the poor individual because you're like, fuck, I had this word. So that's what you yeah, had. That, yeah. That's called an anomic moment where you're like, ah. And so that's one of the more mild aphasias where it's just like oh i can't remember this one word but then there's something called like a semantic aphasia so semantics word meanings right you might commonly like argue with a friend but you're arguing semantics you're you're not even on the right definition there Mm. and that's easily fixable right but so semantically let's think like uh 
categorically, we, we form little categories in our brains and that's how we learn words, right? We learn a new word and we stick it in this other category. So let's pretend uh, we're talking about things in the house, furniture. There was one client who, uh, there was a lot of frustration because she had a lot of semantic aphasias. She would get mad at her daughter and say like, you know, either I really go, go open the door, open the door. It's really effing hot. It's open the door. And then Heather would go and open the door. And she'd be like, why didn't you open the door? Like I told you. And, but she actually meant window, right? So semantically, we're kind mm -hmm. of in the same mm -hmm. realm, but that was really frustrating. So the goal, the, that's the thing with those types of aphasias. It can, get kind, it can get pretty complicated where you have one called Wernicke's aphasia, where your speech, like your clarity is fantastic but you're saying nonsense, you know? And so actually the way I perceived the way he was going to the other room and then the drawer and I was very curious about, but you know, we're just like, what? Lots, I'm hearing words and the speech pronunciation, perfect. But the language is all There's like just muddled. like a disconnect. It's basically yeah. every episode we've ever done. <laughs> Largely. <laughs> it, it, like, it's like one of those, like a, like a decoder thing where like they, like in their mind, they hear a perfect sentence that they're saying, but then it comes out and they're like, yeah, the apples are tables and we're going to go to the moon and fly. Yeah. Rocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's very like, Oh my God, it's a little heartbreaking, but you're like, well, f if I can help you connect, if I can help you feel better for that little bit, if we can find some compensatory strategies, like hell yeah, this is great. Let's rock. So yeah, I, those, that externship experience in grad school made it such that I was like, this is what I want to do. But yeah, opportunity was not there. And uh, <laughs> not at the moment or not then. And then by that time I was started working in the schools and another opportunity didn't come until I was like three years in. And I'm gonna be honest, by that point, I was like, oh, I love working for the school district. Like summer's off. <laughs> I don't have to take vacations because they just tell me to take them. <laughs> and yeah, I went, I went that right. But I, I love, 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 love working with children. There's still that opportunity for fulfillment and uh, working on other aspects that are also very, you know, vitally important. What are um what are some exercises you would do for uh the uh the last one you were just talking about the aphasic uh clients yeah oh it well that becomes fun because you have to work with the individual who's in front of you so you like assess the severity of it right and um ideally I would shoot for oral expressive um strategies like so let's say they couldn't think of something or you know they were like really struggling with words we'd kind of do a language lesson in term and like visualize it. So maybe I'd like have categories of things in their household and it'd be like, okay, well, where does this go? Like, um, uh, we might physically manipulate these items if they start to struggle in a session, right? That's what I want. I want to see you struggle in that moment so I can start building you back up. We might uh, just start immediately start delivering cues to the point where they become successful. So at first, maybe I'll deliver a phonemic cue, I mean a, a phoneme, a sound, right? So if in this particular exercise, she's struggling with the word door, for example, right? I'll be like, okay, duh. Let's see when I know. And they have to try to work it out on their own. We, we want that brain processing and figuring this out. If that's not working, I might get half of it. I might write part of the word. So th really the idea is like with all of those therapies is the first instruction that makes you kind of feel like a little bit of a teacher, right? With lots of visual aids. Um, and we base the actual material we use on the client's goals. Like, so if they're like, I'm having the biggest problems at home communicating with my family. Okay, well, let's see the kind of language you're going to need at home 
you know, things related to kitchen, like the requests, um, things you visualize, things that are special to them, right? Maybe they have a home gym. I don't know. So we take that and we put that all in the session and then we just start practicing communicating and then we see what works and we, we just kind of go down our list of it. So there's a little bit of like an improvisation to it, you know, because I don't know what's going to work for you. Like, yeah, I can I could have worked with many clients with aphasia or post-stroke or whatever, but not everybody's going to present the same. So it's just about finding what works and then translating those exercises to the family. So that way it's being worked on all the time. Um, yeah, there's also like, I mean, there's a little sad element if because we're speaking specifically about this post-stroke. Um, research has shown like you're going to make your largest amount of progress in that first year and then you pretty much plateau, mm. unfortunately. I mean, you can still do like rehab and maintenance things right. and, and make sure you don't regress. But ideally, like, so if, if they're they're under a year, I'd be like, let's go every yeah. day, right now, all the time. <laughs> I want your brain tired, you know? Um, so, yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff. Um, visual cues, tactile cues, lots, uh, so lots, very visually dependent. So we like to have like a lot of stuff we're bringing out um, and tailor it to the individual in front of us. Just get to see what's important to them in their daily life. That's, that's interesting because it's like, that's very similar to coaching, mm-hmm. right? Like you, we, we have, you know, if we're talking about say like teaching somebody a squat, regardless of wherever they're at, like their training age, we have like a toolbox of here's a bunch of cues that we can use. Here's, you know, the, we have like a framework of what we want, but then each individual is going to learn stuff differently. Right. And you kind Mm -hmm. of talked about some of the aspects of like visual tactile and we also use like auditory and go through the very, like the various steps to see like it's kind of throwing stuff out there until we find the thing that works. And even though like it might work with like the next 10 people that you see, like number 11 could be a wild card and you're like, well, can't use any of those things that I was just using. Mm. (laughs) So I find that very interesting that like even that same, just like that same concept, right. When it comes to like dealing with people or dealing with, um, I guess medical stuff to a certain degree as well, that the, the, the rule applies in other professions which I don't normally hear about. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> right. Well, like, oh, sorry, there's like two things I can yeah, say. Go for that. it. But no, uh, well, first, like, I think that's why I respect both of you so much. I've had both of you at coaches at one point, and I loved yeah. you both because you pay attention to the individual. Eric was one of the first ones that was like, well, you have long femurs or legs. I don't, I don't know that part of anatomy. But he's like, Hell so yes. you should squat differently. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's not always the same perfunctory. I'm looking for this this checklist. So that's what I, I liked and appreciated about both of you right off the bat. It's, it's a development of judgment. And I'm sorry, you cannot teach that. Like, I'm sure you both went through, like, your certain classes and you learned the, like, standards that people are looking for. Okay, cool. But then you also adapted that and looked at the person in front of you. And that takes a talent. I feel like there are some people, like, that are just not cut out for professions like that where you have to think and adapt in the moment. Wildly agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's all so crazy. Do you ever, like... uh, so I have to point out with with this whole SLP thing, right? It sounds like, okay, like kind of cool and kind of professional, but like sometimes you just feel like a fraud, like with anything this, because this profession in general, like it's only started since the 1940s. It's so new. It's such a baby. You know what I mean? Like 18th century, there was in the UK, it was like called elocution, right? It's, yeah. And it's, yeah, and it's speech perfection. That wasn't even about 
disordered speech and language. That all kind of just kind of came up later. And in fact, it's only started becoming a thing in the 1940s because people came back from World War II, like suffering from TBI and stuff like that with their aphasias, with their language issues. And then kind of SLP really took off from there. They, they developed an, an institution like the... I don't remember what it was called then, but now we are the American Speech Hearing Association for the nation. But also, who cares? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? So it's kind of crazy to think about that, like, you know, the these things that we hold in high regard or, you know, even, like, uh, some of these professions, like, we just, we're just making it up. <laughs> like, uh, you know, that, you know, from your from your perspective, yeah, that sound, it sounds like you have a fair argument for that, but from, like, ours especially when I mentioned earlier, like if you want to think on fraud level, animal therapists <laughs> that just happened within the last 10 years. And people are like, like scoring degrees or certificates and people are going like celebrities are paying X amount of dollars. Be like, my goldfish is sad. Okay, cool. Give me a thousand dollars an hour and I will make your goldfish happy. I feel like that's really a ne- bullshit niche I, I, thing. I agree. Like, I don't think that's a huge it's thing. Not yet, but there are a lot of celebrities like looking for pet therapists. Like my sister was like, "What do you think about me being a pet, par- pet therapist?" And I was like, "That's not a real thing." Well, I mean, there's certain aspects like with the with the trainer that I worked with. I mean, there's there's behaviors, right? There's like general yes. behaviors that we can assume, like and certain characteristics of like a dog, for example, for this instance, right? Where they're like they're 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 Oh, fuck, what's the word? My aphasia is kicking in. Um, <laughs> He's having an anomic moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's certain like postures and positions that a dog will like get into that will signal certain like um, emotions and feelings. Agreed. Right. And so you like what I like one of the first things that we had to learn when we were training Aries was like how to like how to read these signs and react to them before he has like the trigger to fully react as well. Example. So. One of the things that we noticed with him was, so there's kind of two things. One, it was, it was the ears would like, I mean, he's already got pointy ears, but they would kind of focus in on a certain direction as well as his, like his gaze would lock into a certain direction and it would be to a point. And it, most of it was like in the early days was like the other dogs, like he had a rough, no joke, no pun intended. <laughs> like he had a rough time with um, like other dog aggression, not in the sense of like that he would like charge an attack, but he like would just get himself worked up. And so we had to be mo- cognizant of watching him. So that way, when we started to notice that he would get effectively this like tunnel vision of like another dog or something that he would get affixed to, we had to be able to kind of pop him out of it and then redirect that attention back into us. So that way, whenever he, it was like starting to kind of train him into thinking that whenever he would get into these like, these positions um, that he would then turn to us as the like essentially the authority to be like good or bad. And, and so that was like just one example. Mm. And so you can almost like, you can see his postures change and you mm-hmm. can kind of see the demeanor of him change as a whole. And that was like the signaling of like, Hey, something's about to like happen with yeah. him. Well, that makes sense. Cause that, that sounds more like animal training and you're looking for very specific things. But if I'm interpreting you correctly, animal therapy, talking you're talking about, about like, mood. I'm like, talking about like, if a dog looks sad, they're going to take their dog to therapy so that the therapist can talk to the dog. For sure. Yeah. I understand. I understand that part, but I just want to make a little bit of no. a distinction in that. Yes. Like, yes. There's, there's aspects to. There's a difference between like the behavioral <laughs> training and, and, and 
my dog's sad. Please fix him. Like, have yeah. you seen Best in Show? I have not. No. No. Oh, okay. So dang it. Watch it. It's kind of dry. It's 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 a much older movie, but like basically, it, it you know it's it's a dog show, right? And it shows like the various types of funny personalities that like live, breathe, and die their dog. Yeah. And they actually do take their dog to therapy, and he's like on this little Freudian type couch, and he's just like, oh, and they're like, we're just so worried about <laughs> him, and. See, real thing. Funny. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, I just. I just wanted to make sure that there was also a note that it's not all fraudulent. That there is aspects to that concept that are worthwhile right. to look into. What about right. dog chakras and doggy sound baths? <laughs> I, you know, here I feel like I feel like the sound bath thing is has to be fucking torture. I would agree. Like, there's just the the vibration and the pitch in that that's just like well, you know, yeah, the freak, yeah, the frequency for the dogs is just like. I don't want to hear this. Like, yeah, one, it's it's loud. Yeah, right. It's louder. Plus, we also have like dogs, dogs who have like se- like se- severely heightened levels of hearing comparatively to the hu- to us, mm-hmm. both on like lower and higher frequencies, i.e., dog whistles. Yeah, and so like that, I feel like there's no way of that not being torturous, assuming that to be true. Yeah. Poor piece. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it? I mean, it, dog therapy. We so. live in L.A., so yeah, every every stupid. Possible. It's one of those like. I feel like LA is the city. LA and the internet are synonymous when we say <laughs> if you can think of it, it exists on the internet, as well as if you can think of it, it exists in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> anything and everything, because yeah. I've seen some wild stuff. So back to the back to you. Um so what is like I'm assuming you have to I mean you reference going to school. So like what does what does school like is is like speak like SLP, is that something that you would like every school kind of offers or is that kind of like select schools offer? Good question. Like what does that look like? Uh, Education. It's not offered in every school. So what you'd be looking for is a major in communication disorders. Um, I didn't even know it was a thing until like after the fact, like I had mentioned, I I already got my degree in psych. I was pursuing something else. And then not to get too into it, but like the, the psych route, I didn't want to do it anymore because to make to make a more comfortable living, you'd have to go get a doctorate. And I was not about that research life. Uh, so I was like, how else can I like help people? And also I didn't like the idea of the psych route. Like there's no way to kind of quantify that. Like how many times did you smile a day? I helped you. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. You know, like you can't, it's, it's really hard to measure. Just, just like dog therapy. <laughs> he licked me more. Yeah. You know? um, but uh, so I thought about speech therapy because my, um, my brother had had a speech therapist much uh, when he was much younger. And that's like an easy thing, right? You can see there was a behavior that was there before and it's not. So in order to do that, I had to go back. But um, so you get your, going back to your question. Yeah. So you get the, the degree in communication disorders. So I had to go back to undergrad and fin- do some extra coursework. And then after that, it's a master's program for two years. Um, depending on the school you go to, though, it's either a Master of Arts or a Master of Sciences. Hmm. So because um, the communication disorders major is for speech and language pathologists as well as audiologists. So the dudes who test your ears because, you know, they're so innately tied. We produce what we hear. In fact, any any referral I ever get for a speech concern, the first thing I have them do is, like, have you had a hearing screening recently? Because that can be a whole other thing. I had a kid who was referred for S's. But guess what? S is like one of the, um, it's on a much, much higher frequency than all the other speech sounds. 
So the kid couldn't hear it. You can't hear it. You can't make it. Silly. Is the, is, sorry to cut you off, but oh, no, is sorry. that similar to like people who have hearing disorders generally have, like generally you'll hear, you they have like a distinct way of speaking? Yeah. You produce what you hear. There's a resonance issue. Things kind of happen more in the back or of the mouth kind of a thing. Um, I mean, that can be worked on so that way you're not, not relying on the audio feedback. You're now relying on like the tactile feel. Yeah. Right. So that's actually what I had to do for a kiddo who did get referred to S, but they couldn't get um, a hearing aid or, or in, until later. So I had them like working towards that sh- that constriction of air in the front of the mouth. Like, did you feel it? The tickle on the tongue or, you know, whatever, whatever meaningful cue she gave it. So, yeah. yeah so to answer your question. Yes. Yeah. Um, Real quick. What's the most difficult letter? And what's the easiest letter? Oh, my God. Great question. I hate R. R? I hate R so much. It's the worst. R. Well, because there's so many. Yeah. There's There's your consonant R, like rabbit, Rebecca, rocket in the initial position. Mm-hmm. And then there's all your vocalic R variations. So a vowel with an R. Teach R. Uh, R. Your pirate sound. <laughs> so we tell the kids, let me your hear your pirate, pirate sounds. Your pirate sounds? <laughs> yeah. I th- there's so many childish things i'm used to saying on the day-to-day like i don't forget till i'm with adults again i'm like you're weird <laughs> as fuck <laughs> that was one of the first things i i think when i first met you back at the other gym was one of those i was like she says a lot of weird kid things yeah. <laughs> like, i don't know what's going on but i'm intrigued <laughs> I'm much, yeah i think you called me <laughs> i was very playful it makes my day super fun but then i gotta be careful because i'm like super playful and then i like translate that over to adult interactions and then i become either weird or a flirt and i'm like nah that's not any <laughs> i'm just i'm just strange i think half of our lifting sessions was you explaining to me like how children say things when they have like <laughs> speech problems and you would do all the things like all the training words and just like Okay, like now let's do the lift. I know, you were so <laughs> and now we'll work out. Yeah. You were so patient. I miss those. <laughs> that was so much fun, actually. And he was like, "You were the only lifter I know that doesn't sit down between your sets." Yes. Because I'm just blah, 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 blah. just stand there, talk, walk around, talk, go back to the bar, <laughs> lift, talk. Do you see? This was also my way, though, of like, yeah, yeah relating to adults, <laughs> like re- remembering how to do it. <laughs> the good time. At the time, no. She's like, oh man, she's. She just had a long day with kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it has its it's it's um really positive aspects too. But uh yeah, so ers all the those are the hardest because r is one of the later developing sounds. So if I get a referral for like a five year old and he says teacher, I'm like that's totally fine. Talk to me a little bit later. Or they're like it's really funny the way people will describe. Me. He's like from Boston, like Park the Con, Harvard Yard, like, <laughs> and I'm like, is he from there? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, let's just. If he's, if he's not seven, don't talk to me right now. <laughs> but yeah, so R is hard because of the, the tongue tension. And then there's like a retroflexion. So the tongue goes up and points to the back. And a lot of kids don't know how to tense quite yet. They don't have that. So like, uh, it just kind of stays there. Uh. And you're both Bleh. doing that. And then the easiest are my um, bilab- the sounds that happen at the front of your mouth. The bilabials B, P, and M because they happen right there. You can provide an immediate visual cue. I can even provide a tactile cue, get a gloved hand, and pop it. Oh, Ooh, sorry. That was really God damn. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for your ears. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> you are now awake. <laughs> Tinnitus. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. I feel like I didn't answer, finish. No, it's okay. Question. Oh, well, well, welcome to our episode. Welcome to our episode. Yeah. It's a <laughs> we just trail like off and then come back. And then I hopefully come it. back. Yeah. <laughs> More often than I feel like we forget. Okay, wait. So you said you hated ours. 
Mm-hmm. What was the easy one? Oh, PBM. PBM. The bilabial sounds. And also, K's and G's are kind of fun because it happens in the back. So it's more challenging. Yeah. Because you can't show the child anymore. Yeah. But the... the things that have worked for kids make me laugh. Like sometimes I just, you know, t- it's, it's called your back or your mouth sound. So like touch the back. And sometimes just that tactile cue, their own hand near them will help or will pretend. Part of it also, too, is if if in their mind, K, it, K is t- k- t- So for the back of the mouth sound, they're always producing. It's usually a T or a D that mm. they're doing instead. So if I say make the K sound, their brain has now ingrained and uh, as identifying that right so then we have to use like an imagery thing so then i just i stopped talking about speech sounds and i'm like let's just play like and i'll get two cars and make them crash <laughs> let me hear you do that <laughs> and i'm like ha we got it it's got disgusting it. it's distorted as fuck but we got, it. we got it and then we can shape it from there so that's i that's why that one's kind of fun because i've gotten success with uh, car crashes, make your velociraptor sound. <laughs> <laughs> we have to we have to come back from there, but the fact of the matter is like we elicited it at one point. They're right? getting a foundation. They're exactly. They're like, oh, I've never used that, you know, um, or velociraptor that, or j- even just a cough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's because it's kind of happening back there. So that that's why it's fun just to see the weird things they do because I like to try as we're trying to just elicit this thing they've never done. I'm asking them to form their own words, right? So they come up with their own cues because then later when I try to recall it, it's more meaningful for them, right? If like you just like with coaching, right? You're like, how does that feel with that? You you want them to begin to eventually become independent, have it happen on their own, self-monitor. That's when you really get it. When you really got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's so interesting. I like I f- I find I find this shit so interesting. <laughs> Like you look interested. I am. I don't like. I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. I have another letter. Well, like a letter combination, right? Oh. How do you distinguish between the K sound and the C sound? Oh, you're hilarious. <laughs> well, that's just an issue of reading, and that's all so, it is. So C, yeah. Well, when I teach C, it's just it's it. When we do the sounds mm-hmm. A, A, B, B, C, K, or right. That so um, we're not relating it to reading necessarily oh. that they just have to memorize oh, kind of okay thing. okay yeah because it. yeah because it's kind of the same sound yeah right it's just so i guess at that point it's just more visual learning yeah because okay. see you be you you are a strong reader and of course you're thinking about that but the kids don't know that right they don't yet relay the grapheme the just the letter the mm-hmm. way it looks on the paper to the phoneme to the sound so with the really young ones who have not yet even done that yet, it kind of works. It works for me because I'm like, oh, great. You you don't have that issue of the incorrect sound paired with the letter yet because you didn't even memorize it. I didn't it. even know it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's advantageous. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I um, I read good. I read good. <laughs> we speak good, too. I speaks good. Speaks good. I love your accents. I remember at lifting, he used to do, can you do your British one still? Uh, I can't. I can't do it anymore. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, I'm out of practice. Out of. What the hell? I, he just said out of. Like, oh, out I, of, I did, but you made it practice. southern. Like, I didn't make it Arkansas. It's, Ar- it's Arkansas. It Arkansas? Arkansas. <laughs> we have Kansas and Arkansas. Fucking deal with it, Arkansas, Arkansas people. Wait, who's Kansas? Our Kansas? It's Arkansas. Our Kansas. Okay. Okay. I know, well, not their uh, Not Kansas. our Kansas. <laughs> no, our Kansas? It's not our Kansas. It's our it's Kansas. It's our Kansas. 
But it's not ours. It's not ours. It's ours. It's theirs. Whose? That's the pirate sound. It's pirates. <laughs> it's pirates. It's our Kansas. <laughs> Everybody knows that pirates come from a landlocked state. Yes. <laughs> um, now I do. Now, now you do too. The so no, I find this so interesting. Like, as I've said a million times, and will continue to say, I am a a, a whore for YouTube. And I like consume far too much of it. <laughs> and so every so often I'll find myself like there's a, there's a, uh, I don't know if he's a, like an, if he's an SLP or not, but he's like a vocal coach, I guess, to a certain oh, cool. degree, not in the singing sense, but like he generally works with like celebrities when people are trying to figure out how to like, how to do like, uh, accents or, um, well, I know he, he referenced before that he did some like clinical work as well. And so he'll do these like breakdowns where he'll break down. Like I kind of, I probably watch every single one of them because I was like, this is so interesting. Hmm. Um, Because he'll break down like language and how like there's different like, uh, it's it's the the phonetic alphabet, right? Is that is that what it's called? Yeah. So we have like the phonetic alphabet, which are effectively all of the sounds that can be made, at least from like the English American English like dialect. Dialect is that the right Uh, word? Phonemic inventory. That one. <laughs> one. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was trying to get you, at. Right. I, I, I you just, knew. It was on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. I was right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. You were going to get it. Yeah. It was yeah. my aphasia kicking in. Yeah. So they, uh, so he was like, he would talk about that, but then he'll also go into like other, like other accents, like around the world, which I find so interesting. He um, could do them or he was. Oh, he can definitely do that. Wow. It's crazy. That's impressive. But, but he would break down more, not so much like the actual sounds, which he would do, but also break down, um, like how it works within like it's it's like a it's a lesson as well kind of like all the stuff that you're explaining right now becca which is um sorry but explaining all that stuff that you're talking about now and so he would like explain it so like you know how there's different sounds that could be made from you know the like a east asian language or um like an african language or more like some of the english speaking ones like you know in like scotland for example right where there's like very different like mouth sensations which is also part of the reason correct me if i'm wrong why like certain languages are hard for people to learn um because the like the mouth sen- like the mouth movement that you have to make is foreign to to us so like to give an example uh i'm continuing i'm like con- which we were talking about earlier i'm continuing my practice to like learn it like you know build back my italian and so there's like certain notes or not notes, but sounds that you have to make like specifically to Italian that I've never made in English. Mm-hmm. Right. So like there's a GL, like a GLI and I always mess it up. And if anyone's Italian listening to this, sorry, uh, but it's like a sound, which is, and I know I didn't do it right, but like you don't make that sound in English. And so it's super hard to like try and string a sentence together and then throw in this random like tongue movement that I've never done before. I would have said glee. Like the way you spelled GLI, I was like, glee. That's all I. Yeah, glee. it's like very yeah. different from what I expected. Yeah, yeah, right. Or like, I mean, both of you have like Spanish. And so, like, you know, trilling R's, you don't do that in English. So, like, it's so it's like it was all a struggle for me to try and learn how I can like. Nice, like nice hey, and easy. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. I can do. I can do it now. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I can do it now. But like when I was trying to learn, I'm like, yeah, my good. Right, or I would have to like pause and like lick my lips and go. That's right. That's really good. Wow, that's actually really good. I'm saying, like, I didn't. You learned it as an adult. Uh, yeah. 
That's, that's even more that's impressive. impressive. Yeah. Well, again, I'm a fucking weirdo. <laughs> so like in all these like random things that I'll start to I'll, like, you, I'll learn something. You're a weirdo, but you put into practice what you want to learn. So like learning your R's, you will you will like you're a guy who likes to practice it to perfection. Oh, I want to do it right. Yeah. Respect. Oh, 100%. But like to go back into like there's I, I need to start like making notes about like the weird shit that I do on my own. Hmm. Um, because, you walk around with a camera all day. I'm not going to be a I'm not a vlogger I don't need that I'll watch I don't need that stress in my life I'll just watch it just film it for me but like just (laughs) just like the weird shit that will run through my head and so like that's part of it like where I hear I would hear these things and I wish I wish I did a little bit more like prep for this so I could bring some of this up because I would have been fun but it was uh, but I would like sit there and like try and make these sounds and like I'll try and do like accents along with like these videos that I'm watching and just being like, man, that's really wild that people can learn how to do this. Right. If you don't get the. I'm sorry. No, sorry no, no, no. No, cut me off. If you don't get the. <laughs> cut me off. That's fine. If you don't get those sounds in the formative years of your life, they're very hard to develop. So the fact that you're like, oh, I got the Trildar as an adult. That's amazing. I've seen people. Ooh. And then that uh, for a lot of non-English speakers, that that voiceless TH, the like, I think. Mm-hmm. Nobody has it. That's very exclusive to English. So that's going to be a common error in a lot of other languages. It's not in it's not in Spanish. It's not in Tagalog. It's not in a lot of the Chinese tonal languages. Um, so that's also important to know. Like if assessing, you know, like, oh, something sounds weird. No, that just sounds natural to, you know, the language. And also very important to consider if you are trying to like mimic an accent like with the the vocal coach that yeah. you were referring to. It's fascinating because it's just about learning what speech sounds exist in which realm. And like, you, you know, it's not even thought about in the field as like specific sounds. We, we put them in classes. All this, all the back, back of them, all the velar sounds, all the sounds that are made in this manner, all the sounds that are made with a narrow constriction of air, a stopping at the glottis, and then a all the fricative, like they all have their own names. So when you think about it like that, it's easier because you can think this language doesn't have this class of sounds and whatnot. Yeah. So that's how your vocal coach does it. It's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I thought it was so wild. And then like, cause then he, they, they also brought up at one point, I don't remember. They were talking about something, but like talking about the phonetics, there's, there's like the boxes, right? Yeah. Where, where it'll, it, yeah. <laughs> Again, once I, when, so when I first you looked at this, I'm like, oh, that's like <laughs> what we learn at school. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I find some, what, like, again, this is the weird shit, right? So, like, <laughs> if you would look up my internet, this is history, three hours of YouTube already. If you would like look into my internet history at any like random given point, you'd be like, what is he getting himself into? <laughs> so at this point, the FBI is like, this guy's not. They're like, it's this. not worth it. Yeah, <laughs> Let's throw him on. There's too many things. <laughs> so, but like, so they brought up the. Um, the phonetic like this box thing and so one of the parts of it was like it was how you can break down all of the different tongue positions as well as the sounds that you can make in you know any given language Mm -hmm. and so the other part that i thought was really interesting is they were talking about essentially impossible sounds right so like a tk together can't be done because the back right because the back of the tongue blocks the air and the tip like Blacks blocks the air to make like a K sound, right. and then a T sound also does the exact same thing. So you can't do a TK together, right? So I was like, like my mind is exploding at the moment where I'm like, oh my god, there's that that's a thing that exists. Were you trying it after you? Re- oh you yeah, saw and I'm it? like, I'm like, he's all show them. <laughs> but you, but right, but you can't because what'll inevitably happen is a K sound. Yeah, right. You get the last of it. You're like, well, yeah, there it is. They're right. not happening in succession. Yeah. It's one behind the other. Yeah, right. Whereas whereas for like. 
the thing that comes to the top of my head is like a TS sound you can do, right? Like, mm-hmm. right? So that there are like random conjunct or combinations that can exist, but there are things that cannot, like physically cannot be said. Right. And I was like, oh, this is wild. And then it, yeah, as an aside, again, this is why I say interrupt me because I'll rant. Um, <laughs> but but then they, they were talking about how they would use these, you know, when people are like making up languages. So they would be able to use these like different like the phonetic like squares and like the library of sounds to like create different tones that would then be you know randomly associated with words like how klingon was created or like valerian or Or elvish those are real they're well they're made up so like like people actually sat down and created the language for for the for for star trek for uh lord of the rings for uh, uh game of thrones they sat down and created a language and like the words have meaning like Whoa. everything they say actually has yeah so it's a language it's a developed language crazy. so yeah. especially especially in like more i mean it tends to be more like the sci-fi realm that you're going to find things like yeah. that so like uh we've all watched game of thrones Never. we've all you've seen <clears throat> lord of the rings uh, seriously star trek do you know star trek Oh no! What I'm sorry. That's not. Hey, whoa! Calm down. Okay, that's fine. I saw the I'm big Biota thing. The what? The what? No, I didn't. Okay, just kidding. Just <laughs> <laughs> try and play that. It's not gonna slide fly past us. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so for example, in Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, I'm listening. Elvish, mm-hmm. right? It is a language, right? The language of elves. Um, I forget what they're called. There's a term for the people that are able to do this. It might be just a linguist. Nerds. Ness, that too. Nerds too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but they uh but that is a a made up language, like a made up spoken language. And so it is a full full language. Now there's certain things that like can't be said because mm-hmm. either either they just didn't make it, but like there's an alphabet, there's like a phonetics to it, and how you can and you can create words and like all that. So like for example, like Eric was saying, so in Lord of the Rings, whenever you hear these people speaking like Elvish or um like i i don't know, I'm blanking on any other languages but like you know or ant the trees like yeah ant yeah. right or ants they're the big walking tree things she uh, never saw it so it doesn't you it's fine but yeah. i'm just expl- it. i'm explaining yeah. it um, i can picture a, a walking tree can oh, you horrifying grandma, grandma willow but with legs <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much right they're good they're or they're neutral good, they're I neutral believe. yeah so taking me back to my D days um but then also, as a side, if anyone listening wants to play Dungeons & Dragons, I'd be very down. I need a group, please. Anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> I love Dungeons & Dragons. So good. But then, um, but then, like, going into, like, Game of Thrones, like, there's Valerian. There's High Valerian, which is, you know, foreign languages um, that are legitimate languages that you can learn and exist. Valerian, so, Dothraki. Those are all uh, real languages. Yeah. That is insane. And they were created just for the show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, and so all well, of the, from the book, they're from the book, yeah. from the book, and but they needed like a spoken variation yeah. of it. And so, uh, and that was like one of those videos from that, like that vocal coach that, that was on YouTube, they, he broke down Dothraki and like how it works and kind of where the influence comes from in real languages and like where you can find it. So these like more, uh, similar to like, a. What would it be? It would kind of almost like a, a rut, like Eastern Bloc, like language, kind of a Slavic language. Dothraki? Yeah. As well. Well, so like I there's. I feel like it has like hard K's and. 
So in the sense that there's like certain mouth tones. That yeah. You're gonna, okay. Yeah. Your, or mo- mm-hmm. mouth positions you're going to find that are going to be like more Slavic as well as I forget where else they said where it's kind of got this like real guttural back of the throat, like hard, like, like those tend to sound angry. Yeah. Right? German, Korean, Japanese, yeah. <laughs> an old Japanese dude. <laughs> well, they all just sound angry. What about Minion? Do you know Minion is so Minion is a composition of three languages. Tell me, tell me. I, I know you. So it's. I think it's Spanish, Tagalog, Italian, Italian. Yeah, you can learn from the Minion. And whenever they give anybody something, like, para ti, yeah. para ti. That's for you. <laughs> I've never. I don't remember. Well, you should. You've never watch. seen. Uh, what is it called? Despicable Me. Yeah, Despicable Me. I've seen. I've seen Despicable Me, but I never really you paid much the, attention to like. I know. I, I know what it is. It's a little yellow guy. So I know. Cute. I just said I know what and it they is. They're really bananas. cute. They wear suspenders. <laughs> yeah. No, I just find. I find them banana. I find them annoying. I find them annoying. <laughs> what? <gasps> what? I know. Fun fact. I know the person who did like the marketing that effectively made minions blow up Rick in L? the way that they did. They're the most oh. important yeah. person on the planet. Oh. No names. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we don't do names here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. oh, I was like. Oh. Yeah, but yes. Yeah. Oh, I was like, she's nice. Okay, well, yeah, no names fine. though. Sorry. More, more so. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. We I... just try to protect. No, that <laughs> protect yeah. respect. Yeah. I get it. My bad. I you don't protect, know the, the podcast etiquette. Yeah. No, it's okay. But generally speaking, you want to avoid certain, you just want to like avoid things like names or stuff that you're talking about just because you don't need, you know, the internet's a weird place. Yeah. And, and uh, people are weird. And people are weird. Oh, so. true. Oh, yeah. I forget. Like when this is fun talking to microphones, but yeah, a lot of people will hear this. Yeah. Yeah. So you just be, you just generally be a little bit more cautious about like how much you're sharing. Yeah. Everything you've said has been okay so far, so don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're good. Lots of fucks, though. Lots of fucks. Oh, the swearing part's fine. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, there's a fuck ton of fucks. <laughs> I think the point of that was you need to uh, give a deeper appreciation for the minions. Hey, it's so cute. Yeah. I, I, find, I find, like, random stuff like that annoying. <gasps> like, in movies. and so, Like, yeah, it's just like the random... They have their own movie, though. The one I will yeah. never watch. Oh my! What God. about those birds in Finding Nemo? Mine, mine. mine. <laughs> that shit, stuff like that is annoying to me, <sighs> right? Because oh it's, gosh. it's how like, you, how do you not find that comical? How, <laughs> how does I find that comical? <laughs> how do you not? Fi- I, I, well, okay. Because so first of all, you and I have like the child capacity of a twelve-year-old, and we laugh at penis whenever we see it. So like, <laughs> yeah. how do you not find a little yellow? light bulb running around in blue suspenders hysterical the concept of it of them are is funny to me i understand that concept yeah but you don't find them individually funny but the like i find them annoying in the manner that they're used so similar to like the birds i'm like okay it's funny for about three Three seconds jinx you and me soda and anything after that i'm like and i'm done with that move on but, but at the same time i understand that it's not that's not for me like this is a this is a kids movie. Got it. So so you laugh at a fart, but if the fart's too long, you're like, all right, I'm done. Like it's past three you seconds. Gotta, well, you got to stop farting. It, it depends. The farts on the sound fart, of the fart? farts. Farts depend. Okay. Farts are always funny. All right. Like unless you're a prude, they're always funny. <laughs> and I, I will I will I will die on that sword. <laughs> so come at from me from the gas or from the sword. <laughs> I'll pass out from the gas onto the sword. <laughs> oh, good question. <laughs> right. We asked the hard hitting questions. All the here, visuals huh? here. Yeah. yeah. That's how it works. Um, oh. So. Wait, back to language, right? Yeah. Since we're still on the topic of like different language, I, I had an, a, a thought in my head. I like hearing most languages. Um, and th- there's only, what, three ro- uh, like romance languages? Oh. Like four? French, Italian. Spanish, Spanish and Romanian. And Romanian? Yeah. 
I didn't know that nice. one. Nice. Um, is it okay? Is it just me? Like, I don't appreciate the sound of Portuguese, and I don't know if that's because it just sounds weird to me. Uh, but I just the way they talk, the way they combine their letters and and pronunciation of things, like, I'm just like they have a mouthful of marbles. Yes, I just <laughs> I find it disgusting. Like I don't Ooh. like the language. Severe aversion. Bro, be careful. Be okay. We have Brazilian listeners. I love Brazilian women. Though I guess it depends. But Port- Portugal and Brazilian. It's Portuguese a, diff- is a, it's a different. It's a different dialect. Yeah, it's a different dialect. I like. I'm speaking more towards like Portuguese from Portugal. Like I've heard Brazilian Portuguese, and it's it's smoother. E-I-E. It's smoother, right? It's um, but obrigado. But Portuguese obrigado. is just is. like blah blah blah, and it's like I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> listen to it. I I don't want to hear it. And then there's some parts of German that just sound oh. angry, and I'm just like, why are you yelling at me? Like, I don't. It might be a tone. So obrigado. I, I haven't been to Portugal for quite some time, and I don't really. Remember, oh. I, I know. Okay, excuse oh, me. I've been, been to Portugal. It was fun. Oops, yeah. For it's quite okay. some time. I did things. It was years. Why are you, both of them are like shaking their head with sassy movements? Get out of here. It's an easy, humble brag. It's fine. Sassy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Whatever. But um, I'm not, I don't recall the language well enough to say, like, or to think about the elements of it. But I'm thinking it must be something about the tone, especially when you brought up German, because that has like a lot of it, harsh, it sounds harsh. Yeah. A lot of sounds. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, like I can I can hear the difference between German and Dutch. I can hear the difference between uh, German and Austrian. Like German just is just like angry. <laughs> Even if they're smiling at you and speaking softly, you just you, there's like that subtle tone where like. You're mad at me? I don't know why, but like I can I can hear it. Because they really hit. They yeah. hit those sounds. Hit like it. there's a crisp pronunciation yeah. there. Like you know, those are just like standards in that culture That's that got, Yeah. I feel I, like go ahead. Oh no, go for it. I feel like it's um kind of like what you were saying, right? It with Becca that the the hard like the hard letters and to think about English, like when we're really trying to like drive a point home, especially if we're angry, we really hit like the fuck you yeah. type of thing, right? We really like emphasize like the letters and kind of bring the emotion into it. Imagine if we emphasize the wrong part of fuck. Fuck. Fuck you. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's more, it's that's more of a question to be like, fuck you. I get, yeah. Well, that's more of an intonation thing as opposed to a sound, right? Yeah. Fuck you. Okay. There's that's a whole other thing, like the cadence and the prosody, like the kind of the sing song. Um, <laughs> We're not Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> or even like tones, you know. Like um, I was working with a Chinese client it, on on accent reduction. She wanted to sound more like American natural for work, um, but she only wanted to work on the sound production like so she would she was so cool she would like come in and bring newspapers and she'd highlight all these she's like how do you say that 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 i remember one time she brought in uh the word canon and canyon oh and she's like, i don't hear a difference what's the difference you know and and that's crucial that being able to like produce the speech sounds but the thing that really um hindered us from progress was she did not want to work on the the intonation because Chinese is a tonal language. And I even had her teach me. I was like, yeah, let's talk about some of the things. Um, I might be misremembering this, so I'm sorry. But uh, she said a consonant-vowel combination three different times. I think it was ma, right? 
she said, and to me, they sounded similar. It was like ma, 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 right? And she told me that one of them meant like horse and one of them meant like mother. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, if I couldn't hear it because I'm not a native Chinese speaker, I was like, that makes a huge difference in terms of conversing with someone. I was like, so that tonality definitely needs to be addressed if your your end goal is like a naturalness in a certain style. We, we've got to work on it. She'd be like, nah, it's cool. <laughs> So we never got that far, but it was a lot of fun. So I'm just going to say, canyon and canyon. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're going to get it either way. I just want to hear that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a canyon. Hey, you want to go, t- go take a walk through the canyon? <laughs> I jumped on a cannon? Or jumped into a cannon. Oh, we jumped into a cannon. Could both that be one. accurate. Yeah. Oh, well done. Yeah. Uh, but real quick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Going back into... What the hell is that? Uh, it was Francis, Francis being Francis. So, but going back to like the whole German thing. So I think that I think where from an American side, we hear the like heavy pronunciation or like emphasized pronunciation Mm -hmm. as like anger, right? Because that's how we would, we would associate it. Whereas, and so I think when we hear like German, then that's the immediate response that we get is like, oh, it's an angry language because of that, like, because of that. Yeah. Intonation is the wrong word, right? But. It would just just be the the way that we uh, they inflect on certain aspects of the language. Got yeah. it. And so, the, and that reminds me a little bit. So we were there's a book that I read, which is called "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck." I love that book. Which is a funny book. I fucking love that book so much. And I think this is it. Also goes into how to talk about like different cultures, and America has its own culture, whether you agree with it or not. But the way that we we process and the way that we speak to each other. So there's a story in the book where he talks about how he went on a date with a Russian woman. And so one of the things that he was experiencing with her was that whenever like they went on a date and she would be like, I'm bored, let's go do something else. So that bluntness is very uncommon in the, like in America, in the way that we speak to each other. We're generally, most people are generally very polite. Right. We're very cognizant of how we treat other people. And so we tend to beat around the bush and kind of be a little bit more vague in the way that we'll like express uh, our disdain or discomfort or something that we don't like. I must be kind of Russian then. (laughs) Right. To a certain degree. Yeah. Don't sell yourself too short. But but so but that bluntness is. And so what he was talking about it, he was thinking he's like, oh, she doesn't like me. So she doesn't like the things that I'm doing. But in reality, and I don't know if this to be true, this is purely anecdotal from one book that I read, but from the, generally from that Russian standpoint, it's, they're just telling you what they feel. And there's not necessarily an emotion ascribed to, prescribed to it. That's just, I'm bored. That's the state that she's in right now. Yeah. Or I don't like this or that joke's not funny. Right. And so that, uh, because it's, it goes against culturally how we would speak to each other on an American side, then they we would then ascribe a, uh, an emotion and a response to it and like assuming something based off of the way that she was speaking. And so I feel like in the same sense, like this is just to relate it back into because in English we, we hear, we speak so specifically or emphasize so specifically when we're angry, then that's how we kind of then turn into hearing German as an angry language. Whereas in reality, it's not, it's just it's to a certain degree tonal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We interpret it based on, on what we know and practice. No, that's a, freaking fantastic point you bring up it kind of like uh it's a very natural segue into 
another aspect covered by SLP. Let's go. It's probably well, actually this is like one of my favorites, especially working with kids. It's called pragmatics, which is social language, right? And so typically, uh, this is addressed with children with autism. They can have strong expressive language skills in terms of I can retell you a story with all the major events in perfectly syntactically, grammatically correct sentences, sure. But in terms of having a conversation with a friend and understanding these subtle nuances, like I make eye contact with my friends and we take turns and I don't like just one-sidedly tell you everything all the time and and I don't just walk away when I'm bored. (laughs) That kind of thing. So a lot of kiddos with autism, they don't know these rules. Like, you know, it's it's something as typically developing people. Maybe we take for granted that, like, you know, if you're in a conversation, we notice somebody starting to kind of, like, back up. Like, oh, you know, maybe we should transition. Like, or us. We never said we're all going to go downstairs right now. We all just kind of. <laughs> I just grabbed my backpack and I was like, let's go. <laughs> and everyone got up and went. You didn't say let's go, though. No. That's the thing. Like, it was, yeah, it was, it's all these, we read each other's nonverbals. of what we actually communicate is nonverbals. And so for our children with autism who can't read this well, like it's, it's much more nuanced. They don't have friends. It affects socialization severely. Mm -hmm. And so that's another element we address in in schools and therapy, the social things. And you have to, we have to straight out tell them because they don't have that built in. I have kids who will be like, I don't want to talk about that thing. It's kind of boring. I'm like, well, do you want him to listen to your roblox game it's like oh yeah and well you have to listen to his thing oh man this friendship sucks you know like <laughs> it'd be like like learning behind these this kid rules is hard i also like this kid no but the, the, so they're they're incredibly blunt you know i not trying to be little jerks or anything but just because everything is so black and white like i don't understand that i have to take turns and i have to be a good listener and how to be a good listener then there are other kids who are we've been working for a while and then they're like, okay, miss, I know the rules. I'm making eye contact, you know, but, <laughs> and I'm, yeah, not creepy eye contact. We'll train him to like, look here, you yeah. know, like, look, so you're not so uh, intense. The, the just third staring eye. right at it. <laughs> the mind chakra, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're waiting and they're listening and then they don't know how to keep the conversation going. So then we'll practice like asking appropriate type of questions. Cause then their thing is like, they, when it's their turn, they're like, oh fuck, it's my turn. And they're like, I like turkey sandwiches, you know. I like I like turtles. <laughs> it's so off, but it's so dang endearing. They're like, "Well, I'm trying," you know. Um, that's that's so much fun because then we have to really we we talk about language. I'm like, okay, well, I like the way like I have one kid. Oh, he did so great. He comes in, he's like, "Hi, Miss Rebecca, how are you today?" And I'm like, "Good job." I don't like that he calls me Rebecca, but that's because of the Zoom. I had to write my name mm. as Rebecca Perez all year to for other employees, and and now I'm Miss Rebecca. But anyway. Um, hi, Mr. Becker. How are you doing today? I'm like, oh my gosh. So and so, I really liked the way that you greeted me. Like, thank you. It made me feel special. I'm doing well. How are you? Like, so we'll we'll have to do that. I'll have to talk about what he did and how we did it, and then, like, Daniel, like, well, who cares? His mom's not gonna hear this. Like, I, you know, I I don't like the way. Like, I can see in your glasses on your screen that you're looking at something else while we're talking, and that that makes me that's rude. And he's like. Oh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's these funny things. That that one's uh, really fun to work on because it's just like, how do you break down that? So like, we'll have to just be real creative about the ways we do it. At one point, I had like a, a group of children 
and in order to practice that dynamic of taking turns and all that like i gave them like everybody has like pop colored popsicle sticks and like maybe the green ones were every time you made a comment the red ones were every time you asked a question um and you know the blue ones were you know every time you initiated uh, something new and so they have to do it and i said at this kid that all he would do is ask questions like a little like interrogator Hell yeah! and i'm like look at your popsicles you can't ask any more questions like and he's like i don't want to comment I don't <laughs> <laughs> they all have really inappropriate pitches by the way that's how i'm making it sound <laughs> i don't want to do this <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's pragmatic language. Uh, yet another part of the day. I feel like I feel like SLPs in this sense, in this instance, like that practice specifically, could probably go very well in just teaching most adults how to converse in fucking conversation. Yeah, young adults, right? Like people who fucking stay with their faces on the text. Like people who don't like to talk on the phone anymore. It's just like. Like I'm the kind of person who will pick up the phone and call you. Yeah. Like I great. hate answering a text because it's like 30, 30 text box later. It's like, I still haven't explained to you or emphasized what I want to explain to you. And it's like, just pick up the goddamn phone. <laughs> right. That's what, I mean, that's what it was for initially. Yeah. Now it's, it's a freaking camera and whatever. Maybe I sound old, but like, yeah, there's just severe degradation of like communication skills in general because people, they're not growing up conversing and, and then hanging out outside and doing all this stuff. They're just like automatically there linked to their, it's, it's the new the, babysitter, right? Like yeah. that's somewhere that happened in our generation where we were like, here, take this. I don't want to deal with you. That's yeah. So yeah, it's sad. Well, yes, I would agree with you. <laughs> to like to a certain, to a certain degree as he looks down at his phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're fine. Um, Sorry. What I was paying attention to you. Sorry, I'm bored by this conversation. <laughs> uh, I'm, like, I'm going to move <laughs> uh, I'm going to stare at your eyeball. Well, what I... My third eye. My your, whispering eye. Br- <laughs> 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 so, but what I... What I meant by that is in the sense of... You know, I think for us, for like Eric and I, we're a little bit lucky in the the generally what our profession requires us to be as communicators. And so more often than not, I think people don't have the practice that it's required. And in the sense of not even just talking to a person, but talking to many a people. Yeah. Right. And being able to, being able to read, read someone's face, their body language, like kind of what you were saying earlier, Becca, and as, and as well as just the like different personalities and how other people want to communicate and how can you mirror that and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, especially from like coaching, that's something that's like wildly important not just be able not just being able to give them it's not just giving them the right cues or the right instructions but it's also building a little bit of that connection right personal training is personal yeah. for a reason and but so what i mean by that but then what i going back i think a lot of people are severely out of practice in the sense of like how to do all that stuff and i think texting is definitely one of those aspects that of like depersonalized communications because you can't read tone and uh intention through uh text Mm -hmm. unless you're gonna like unless i caps fuck you then you know like i'm angry yeah yeah right like you cap you start to have to caps letters or you like you over describe right where you're you're writing out theses 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 yeah whatever just like a long lots of like you're just writing a paragraph to somebody to like express all these things like or like classic writer or you're like ck who sends three word text boxes 
30 times. Really going to call her out like that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Now that we're on the text I thing. thought we weren't on names. Oh, she's a fan yeah. of the show, friend of the show. She she's been on, on the show week, twice. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, actually, yeah. yeah. I'll call her out all the time. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, but she's another one who I cannot, like, very rarely will she pick up the phone and she'll just text me. And I'm like, like, and she's going to make the excuse, right? We're going to get it. She's like, I'm at work. Watch. You'll see. <laughs> but, like, there's off hours where, like, 6 o'clock. I know you're not working. Fucking call me. Like, yeah. I don't want to text you. Oh, for sure. There's yeah. definitely a point for me where I'm just like, I'm d- I can't. Yeah. Like, this is going to take too long. Yep. Yeah. Too many back and forths because I know, like, you can almost immediately assume, like, you're gonna, this is the question you're going to ask, and I'm going to have to say this, and you're going to ask this, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like a 15-second phone call would be so much better. More efficient. Yeah. So, sorry. Was that it? Okay. Sorry. I didn't want to, like, cut you off. So, but then the question that I'm curious about is... You know, so now that we've we've had the pandemic, right? And well, technically still in it. Yeah. And so uh, no, we got released on the fifteenth for now. <laughs> for now, we're free, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm so tempted. Like I'm very tempted to like go out into the earth, like into the, the water, <laughs> into the war. Uh, I meant to say ether, oh. but like go out into the world. Yeah. a little bit because I'm so. I haven't stopped communicating yeah. this entire time. Even though it was through, uh, a lot of it was through Zoom in the very beginning stages, I was still seeing people to mm-hmm. a certain degree. And then, you know, now I'm seeing people more and more and more. And so that whole aspect never stopped for me. Yeah. And I'm so intrigued to see how people like communicate after almost a year and some change of not having a whole bunch of like interpersonal communication. And I kind of want to be there just to watch the breakdown. <laughs> so I'm so I, intrigued by it. Speaking on that, I went to go get my uh, prescription sunglasses today. Um, I went for the appointment two weeks ago before everybody got released. I went in today. There's still people like there's older people with masks. And I was like, okay, I'll be respectful. I put my mask on. Like you know, I didn't have to, but I was just like, I don't want them to, you know, be feared. Just whatever. I threw it on the dude at lens crafters. I mean, he's definitely an East coaster. So, I mean, those guys don't stop talking. Hmm. So this guy, like we carried on a full on conversation. Same as when he took, uh, when he did my appointment and then same today is just like, I think, that's an unfair one because we built up a rapport like from the first time to now. So we had that engagement already, but even so like just being able to have that conversation with a stranger and not like lose focus or kind of stray away from it. It felt really good to talk to somebody, but on the offhand, right? Like you try to talk to a random person that's in the way or like you guys are both looking at glasses and they're like, Oh yeah. yeah." They just (laughs) like lean away from you. And then uh, another thing is like after I picked up my sunglasses, I went to the driving range to practice and I met this cool dude. Um, we started talking about golf because he was watching me swing and he was like, hey, man, like, where did you learn? And, like, he didn't have a mask on. I didn't have a mask on. We were like making out this. We were <laughs> we were this far apart and yeah. like totally comfortable. Totally. Okay. And I felt really good about it. I was like, all right, cool. Like we're having this conversation. The people behind me were like panicky they're, like, oh, God, they're, they're two feet apart like i don't know it's just like come on like get over this shit it's so nice that you're able to have that connection again i feel like that's what everybody has been just craving yeah like i throughout this pandemic though it's been funny to see how conversations have naturally occurred like in coffee shops or the, the few places you could be during those times yeah i would start engaging in conversation with strangers all the time and i didn't mean to it very often i didn't initiate it too they would just start talking and that like you know about this so-and-so item because they're just so starved for it and yeah. we're just so social 
that we that, needed. Uh, that was me the other day too when I went to the Dodger game. Like it's Ooh, it's fully packed again. So I sat shoulder to shoulder with this older dude, and we were just shooting the shit about baseball, like shoulder to shoulder. We were talking about how the Dodgers sucked the other day, how uh, the players are old, how the umpires sucked. Like, but we were just shooting the shit like here to here, and yeah. it felt so good. Like the one thing I will say is the focus is now on the mouth because you haven't seen the mouth for a year. <laughs> So you're just like looking at teeth. Yo, what's that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is that? I haven't that? seen those in a while. I haven't seen the bottom of a yeah. face in a while. Like, so like <laughs> I'm trying to look at your face or your eyeballs, but I just see teeth and I'm like, fuck, I know this looks weird. I keep going like this. Like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, you know what? If that's the worst thing that happens, I think you're good because yeah. it sounds like you're not out of practice. It's good. We've also had people like when I went back to work, so the majority of my work was Zoom this last year and a half and I went back in person for the last seven weeks. I was so drained, so drained. I mean, it was refreshing, but I was just also like, wow, this is a lot from from what was happening before and just being able to like. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like with a lot of the students I work with, greetings and salutation, that's gone. Like just, <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> they just close the lid on me. Yeah, you're like, all right, class is over, exit. Yeah, I was like, oh, you need to learn how to, we're going we're gonna to have to work on that. That's going to be something that has to, yeah, introductions and, and exits. And, um, handshakes what's gonna happen oh i shook i shook a ton of people's hands over the last two days oh good yeah i wait for i wait for people to make the first move they initiated yeah right and i felt comfortable enough to reach out like the only or today like the the guy i met at the range i i reached out and i was like hey dude cool like good to meet you like if you ever want to like go to the range or whatever or you know hit me up like we exchange numbers and everything Aww, so we're gonna have a bro date is he cute he's pretty cute nice um he's tall tatted a little bit and, and dark so <laughs> tall dark type. and tatted yeah, that's right the three t's that yeah. the the i like to call it the t triad dark is <laughs> with a t yeah tall, <laughs> dark tall dark <laughs> dark and they're both alveolar tall tark and hen <laughs> uh, and tatted. <laughs> tan tall tart tall, tall, tall tan and handsome uh, tan. tan jesus christ wow he's tart he's what is that he's tall tart Tan and tatted. It's all tan and tatted. Look, I'm, look, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Trying here, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm, it's on the fly. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Going back, um, when you were talking about that text message culture, I just wanted to throw out, I thought it was an interesting study I'd read the other day about um, how in general people are no longer using periods because oh, yeah. they are interpreting them as... Um, like hard stop. Yeah, like that there's a problem. They're, they're using that simple punctuation that is just supposed to be the end of a declarative sentence and they're attributing way more meaning than there should be. Like, oh shit, he's mad. He said okay with a period. You know? There's I feel like there's certain things within I feel like there's certain things within texting that like it's it is almost to a certain degree its own language. Right? There's yeah. there's kind of like there's nuance to the way that you text and there's kind of ways that you would text to kind of create feelings or emotions or ascribe um you know intention behind well that's why we have emojis <laughs> fuck that what uh, I'm, I'm not an emoji person i'm all for the emojis Hard I, I just said happy faces at the end of everything so you know i'm happy <laughs> so right but i think like so for example like if you were to say okay I generally wouldn't put a period at the end of okay because it's kind of uh, it's not really a full sentence. It's not really anything. You're it's just, just a response. It's just a, resp- yeah. a like a canned response effectively. 
Similarly, talking about the culture of like texting in the same way that I feel like people will generally put LOL at the end of something mm-hmm. or like a ha ha at That's the end of like something. like the new period. Which is partially like the new period, but also it's a way to seem less serious when you are trying to make a more serious comment. So it's like, hey, uh, you know, Eric, I'm mad that we are like, you know, uh, suck that I didn't get to see you earlier today. Ha ha. Right. And so it kind of softens the blow. I'd be like, that's your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But exclamation point. But to go back to the idea that we are, I mean, this also adds into the kind of that concept of, I I think that we are more cautious and empathetic than I think we are more people are led to believe on because we're so cognizant of people's emotions. So we try and like not deliver bad news in a harsh way. That's, that's fair. I, I feel like that. So with the group thread that I have for the gym, right. I send the text and then I look at it and I go, somebody's going to misinterpret this. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it'll be like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, fuck. That's, this shouldn't have had a follow-up question. I'm, I'm just making a statement of fact. Like, mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> so now, like, I think about it afterwards and I'll just put, lol. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, just so the tension is not there. Like, not that it's ever intended because I'm, you know, I'm direct. I'm just like, is this this? Are we doing it this way? I want this. It's like, oh, well, are you upset? Upset? No, like, no, I just, just making a declarative statement. Right. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. Aha. Right. And, and I think part, I, part I think to a certain degree too, like when we look at texting, we're also, we're also, we, and I don't know if I'm the only person who does this, but like if I'm texting with you, I hear your voice in, as I'm reading through it. Yeah. Right. Same thing with I you, Eric. That. So like, I like, because, and that's also because I, well, I know well, you both know of how you. they speak. Yeah. yeah. So I have like an, I have like something to pull from in my, you know, my history of you guys to be like, oh, this is likely how they're going to say it because I know your personality relatively well, I would, mm-hmm. I would assume. All right. And so I can like read through that stuff. But for say for like a workplace thing, I know it's happened with me with like my boss where we've like, we've texted back and forth and then I'll get a call. And he's like, Hey, what did you, uh, you okay? And I'm like, oh dude. Yeah. All good. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. And it's just because there's like, there's just a little bit of like my my like friend personality showed in like a normal normally where i have more of like a a worker conversation type of like thing happening um and so he wasn't used to that Uh. and he was like i don't know what you mean by that because it's not (laughs) normally the way that you would talk right and so i've had to like adjust a little bit accordingly to be like this is what i'm trying to get at (laughs) oh sorry i was deviating from formal ryan what i actually meant yeah to a certain degree right and that, that's a good note, right? Like, so like with each person you have, the way you speak to them is also very similar to the way you text them. Like, yeah. like with individuals and, you know, like I'll shoot the shit with you. I'll shoot the shit with you. I'll shoot the shit with Kat. Like, but it's the way I talk to you. It's not going to vary too much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just, I, another example is like my cousin and I, we're blunt with each other. Just that we're just direct and we know what we want. Like, I never think he's mad at me. He never thinks I'm mad at him, but the other people we work with, they don't have that similar relationship. So like when I give them a direct statement, like I'll get a call. I'm like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm fine. Just take care of this. Like, are you mad? I'm like, no, no, this, this just needs to get done. Like, like I'm just letting you know, this needs to get done now. And that's all it is, but they don't have that rapport that my cousin and I have built over the years. And we like, that's how we just talk to each other. We're direct. And it's like, what, like we'll put in goofy shit. when We want to be goofy. But if it's like statement or statement, we know we're not mad at each other. Like we just need to get this done. Yeah. Yeah. You're just being assertive and efficient. But unfortunately, if you're texting, 
you don't have, you know, your vocal tone, all these other like cues that they would get so that they actually know your intention. That's why, like you said, man, calls are just way easier. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I like using the phone for its primary purpose. You know? <laughs> to yeah. phone people? To yeah. phone people. I miss my landline. <laughs> <laughs> Hard pass. Both yeah, you guys I, are like, I'll, what? I'll stay away from that. I'll one. keep the cell phone. You don't yeah. remember like back in the day when you were kids and like there, you just had one phone line? <gasps> it's a rotary phone. <laughs> there is a rotary phone in this room. Oh, I don't. Oh. It's not connected. It's not right? connected, but oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's, it's a thing that exists. <laughs> but I would thought that would be. You do you know you'd wrote you check your little number ting, mm-hmm. and then like just kind of <laughs> wait for it. Yep, you have to wait, and then you you push the wrong number. You got to start all the you have way. To over. Hang up and do it again. It taught you patience. Oh god, and how to be careful. Dexterity. Well, that, that oh, and also yeah. an actual phone book, or like a oh, like a address book. Oh yeah, right. We used to have something that was like on my fridge. The yellow could, pages, the white well, pages. Oh, sorry, I didn't I didn't mean an actual phone book, oh, but oh. like. Like uh, like you a per like a personal you had to phone store book. People's numbers. Yeah, on paper. Like I remember back in my. Uh, Did you have a Rolodex? Did your mom have a Rolodex? <laughs> we we had a Rolodex for the business. Ah, not for just personal. generally. Um, but we did have like like a, a notebook almost that was all like categorized by mm. letters. Right, I'd be like, oh, I need to call like grandma. And it's like G. Pull it open and be like, that's you know, here's the home number, here's the cell number. Like, wait, you kept grandma under G? Why not under her name? Like grandma gra- was her name because grandma Mary because you know? I. It would still start with a G. <laughs> yeah, it's still grandma. Like when you put grandma Mary in your cell phone, it goes G and yeah. then. Oh, I guess in my, I have a, phys- sorry, I have a physical phone book as well. And I put it by the name. Uh, That's why. Yeah. Anyway. So you put but, grandma Mary in the M's. Mm-hmm. So she's later to get to. You swear. I just have to like fish back a few more. So, oh. so many pages. Um, But right. So, but that, that was a, uh, but no, we didn't have, we had that, but then we also had like a taped thing up on the wall. Because then that's also where I would be able to be like, here's my friend, all my friends' numbers. Uh, so that way I can be like, oh, I need to call Mick or I need to call Esteban. And like, here's the phone number. So that way I can like hit them up. And be like, can, I, can Esteban come over and play? Yeah. <laughs> right? Or I have to do all that stuff. Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why? Better go catch it. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Got him. Ah, Got he. <laughs> um, ah, good old days. But the, the one question, so you kind of oh. brought it up about kind of now that you've gone back into like teaching students a little bit like did you notice i guess on the same topic as you were going into more virtual training with all of your like you know speech speech patients i guess patients would patients be the appropriate word i would call clients or kiddos i literally just kiddos kiddos all right so for your kiddos did you ever notice did you kind of notice a a little bit of a degradation as you started to progress further into kind of the pandemic and online learning yeah, unfortunately, um, it largely was impacted, I believe, by their home environments and their lack of access. Though I happen to work with um, kiddos in like Title One schools, like in impoverished communities, and a lot of these, like the, the communities that were hit a lot harder, and like lost a lot of people. A lot of the clients I work with, they'd call out, and I'd, and they'd be like, "We lost someone." And, oh. It was so they're not worried about speech. So in, in the first place, it was a matter of access. They just weren't showing up. Honestly, it was, so when it hit March 2020, I was I maybe only had three kids on my caseload. And then my workload it was just me logging how many contacts I made and sending home emails, mailing packets, just trying to access them. So we lost all of that time. 
And then when we finally did come back and people start accessing Zoom, um, the internet was shoddy, even though like the, the, the district I work for, I won't say that, <laughs> provided like hotspots and whatnot for them to get access. They still, there were people still as recently as a few months ago who still had spotty internet connection. And as, imagine me working with Aikidos, it was most frustrating, with those turn-taking pragmatic language groups where I'd be like, I just keep saying their names, Dayel, what do you think of da da da, da? And there'd be a 40-second delay, delay in it. So... Yes, severe degradation, but for the wrong reasons. It was just so infuriating to see them trying so hard, parents trying so hard, they're logging on with them. And then there's also like the families, the households, they don't have the luxury of an extra room. So I could see I'm right there in the kitchen where I see the sibling on the computer and there's tons of background noise. And these, yeah, and these are a lot of, uh, my caseload is not predominantly like, typically developing kids who just have like a cute little s it's a lot a lot of kiddos with autism who's secondary to that diagnosis have communication issues so or learning disabilities or you know so they're just kind of slower thinkers and they need more time to process and they need a distraction free zone and they don't have it so god it it was tough to watch a lot of them everybody is regressed in terms of my caseload maybe of the 56 students I have, I would say 30 of them. I'm going to try and do tons of makeup time when we come back, should they come back. Um, yeah, so, so that's, that's why that occurred. It wasn't for, like, lack of trying. And I, if they could have, the ones who were there with me, we could make it work. It wasn't ideal for the ones who needed, like, more tactile cues. I'd be like, Mom, can you, I want you to get this Cheerio and put it right here. Can you, no, no, not like that. Mom, no. Okay, now, Mom, I can't see your camera. You're <laughs> muted. Can we try that again? Uh, no. And then some kids also, you know, the Zoom has the mirror effect, right? Yeah, so, they so can it's reverse. Yeah, 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 so they can see themselves. But you talk about kids who don't do well with distractions can see themselves the whole time. Imagine putting a mirror for they're like, ah! Just Especially like, him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just playing with their faces the whole time. Um, huh. I helped her learn Zoom. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I, yeah, I got a huge kudos because, okay, so prior to actually using Zoom, when I was on that, like, just trying to contact everybody phase, I was so, like, nervous. I was like, I hope we go back. I don't want to use this yeah. thing. And then I was telling Ryan about this, and he's like, oh, do you, do you want me to show you? I, I use it all the time. And I'm like, Use it all, and then he was like on a fucking excuse. Uh, who cares? A three, like a two or three hour Zoom call with me, teaching me, showing me the way. It was great. He's like, "This is how you share the screen. This is how you do, and this and this is what you recommend." And then because I'm so not internet savvy, he like even came over the house at one point because I couldn't. F- I f- something else was messed up, and you helped so. Thank you. <laughs> but little do you know, when you were on the Zoom call, he was doing the mirror thing. He was speaking minion for some reason too. He's like, parti, parti, parti. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so don't 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 come at me. Don't come at right. <laughs> Help that shit out. <laughs> Only because, uh-huh. like, very quickly we made at at Helio, we made the adjustment to like switching people over online, and Zoom was the best option for that one. And so I like had to learn. Um, and we spent a lot, spent a shit ton of time trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, the best thing in all fairness is a second monitor is like the best thing you can possibly do when you're trying to do zoom stuff. So that way you could, which that way you can have like a, 
you know, a, one monitor being like the one that's set up for just straight up visual mm-hmm. and the other one, which would be all of your shit. Yeah. Right. Which I think Instead I told of you. having to open close and yeah. 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 You which did I, mention, I never had that it, uh, resources. It's fine. <laughs> totally fine. It's and fine. it's fair. But, uh, you know, it's a luxury to have for sure. But yeah, I, when you were telling me about that, I was like, oh shit. Like, because everyone was learning. Yeah. Right. Like, it, I mean, the world, the world literally in a single like especially in la zoom stock skyrocketed by how many people are using it it had to yeah but i mean the world i mean i it's like it's one of those things where it's like where were you when and i was like i was at work yeah right and uh like got the little message and it was like and i remember class like class was going on and um i like walked in to talk to one of the coaches i was like hey man things over yeah and like we got i'm like we're in quarantine shut it down yeah and he was like and with like he was in class and he like finished class and he turned the music off he's like all right guys uh everyone's got to leave and the gym they have no idea when it's gonna open back up yeah and everyone's like what like, uh. yeah right and so that was like that was the realization that we're like oh shit like we got to figure this we got to figure this out because i had yeah. a full client load i'm like how do i turn this around mm-hmm. and so it was like that day we're like immediately researching testing out like google hangouts like skype we started like practicing with zoom and we're like all right zoom's the one to go and then it was like let's figure it out how to set it up <laughs> Hell yeah! You gotta do what you gotta do. That's admirable. I thought I was gonna get a vacation. I was like, you guys, because spring break was coming up. I'm like, we're gonna get a break and then another break. Hell yeah! I was like texting friends. I was like, you want to go to brunch? And yeah, I did. And they're like, uh, everything shut down. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I really. You want a Zoom brunch? Long, <laughs> longest two weeks. Oh of my our god! Lives. Zoom brunch. I went to a Zoom baby shower. Oh. And I missed a few Zoom. Bar- yeah, I didn't like all that culture that was developed. Let's be social in this boxes that illuminate every time I'm talking. And uh, you think we cut each other off now? Jeez, Louise! Oh. Like that was a that's a dynamic I don't need to perpetuate anymore. That was that should not stick. Yeah, dude. Speaking on like talking through like Zoom is so wild. And like, there's so many people that I still work with like that are do virtual group or virtual classes where I'm like there's a delay you mm-hmm. have to wait and because it will i'll be like in the middle of a conversation and then right and it also zoom does that thing where it'll like mute and then like raise up the volume for another person who's speaking and so then it just like starts cutting out because like six people are trying to talk and i'm like everybody shut the fuck up <laughs> like, like oh are, no no you go and they're like saying you go and you hear them say you go and you're like fuck yeah it's horrible who goes who goes who goes juice juice pause real quick what time do you have to go pick up your friend uh, like eleven thirty now. Oh, okay, not not ten thirty because I was no. going to say like we're coming up on it. I just wanted to be sure. No, that's fair, but we probably should start wrapping. Okay, but not to not to necessarily end it on an early note, but yeah. like I guess with um with all this stuff, like Becca, is there is there anything else kind of within within like SLP that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover, or like things that you find interesting that would be just kind of worthwhile talking to or talking about? So sweet. Um. Ooh, you, you wrote down controversial topics. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I should. Uh. <laughs> no, not do that one. I saw those and I was like, ooh. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what did I? You wrote. Ooh. Should I read? Oh, I'll let you read. Yeah, it. Nah, yeah, yeah her, that's fair. See, it let you decide if that's something you want to talk about. <laughs> oh, I'll leave that alone for the moment. I thought of something actually like I I think you'd be interested given on how you responded to the hospital stuff. Um Within the realm of swallowing disorders, um, something really cool that I liked at my hospital experience that I kind of miss watching was um, how we would evaluate um, an individual's swallowing capacity. So, right, like, let's say post-stroke, 
your muscles are, uh, yes, there are brain infarcts, and we talked about, like, the language affected. But, uh, yeah, also speech can be affected, right, because there's just weakness in general in your um, oral mechanism. And this translates to the larynx as well, the muscles that are required for swallowing. You know, it, everything kind of just comes in tightly in, like, a martingale fashion, right? And Wait, every hold on. What's a, what's a martingale? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm more describing a... Um, this general motion. Gotcha. Like, I, uh, so rather than have pressure come in only from one side, it comes in from all at the same time, right? So these muscles all work together to like push the bullet, the food. Who are you going to say bolus? I was going to say bolus. <laughs> you, you knew bolus. <laughs> Nerd. I'm like, I'm sorry. Nerd. I don't sound like a pretentious <laughs> ass, right? Like these terms are coming out, but I don't usually talk about this unless it's work. But, um, but they're also your terms for your scope of work. Yeah. So right. use them. Right. Thanks, man. <laughs> you're, you're so supportive. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know they all work together to push that down into the esophagus, and so you eat and yay, not into the lungs. Oh, thank you. So, um, what can commonly happen after a stroke is that weakness in leads to the the bolus, the food that you chewed up and is now gross and ready to go be eaten, go in the wrong direction, and if it, that goes Aspirated. down, the, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, you aspir- you'll aspirate your food, put it in yeah. your lungs. Put it exactly, um, and we definitely don't want that. That Mm-mm. could lead to like pneumonia or whatever. So, the, in the way to assess that is we do an a modified barium swallowing study, MBSS. So, what you do is you take. Are you familiar with this? Is that what you're excited? I have a I have a client that I work with that um, has he went they went through radiation that caused a um, atrophy of a lot of their neck muscles, so they had a uh, um like throat cancer and so they had to go through like the swallow study right. right and then they had to go through um i don't know who they exactly what the what they worked who they worked with but oh. they they had to do um swallowing exercises that would be the slp yep. another thing that's why i just wanted to point out how freaking huge this gamut is and even though i'm an slp if somebody's like hey do you want to work at a hospital for and do this swallowing thing i'd be like it's no it's been years and that's totally unethical. I could not do it unless I got like retrained. But um, I really enjoyed that in grad school because that swallow study, as Eric described, you would take various textures of food. So maybe like a cracker, it's a solid, maybe like some like pears, it's a combination of a liquid and a solid, and then maybe like a pudding, right? And you'd put like the barium in each one. So that way you could watch in real time, you had the patient set like profile view outside of the machine. And then the, bolus was now like illuminated and highlighted so in a real-time x-ray you could see where it goes and we would watch as this little piece would be like go go the right way the right way and then if it would go we'd be watching like, we'd be like oh it goes into the lungs like no we're like uh miss no. please stop eating right now and then we'd immediately like <laughs> and so then you'd take that opportunity to practice like you if you know that um maybe the weaknesses was only limited to one side you can start practicing compensatory strategies already you're like okay so before you swallow i just want you to turn your neck to the right and that provides like kind of a constriction and support for that so it does kind of head in the right direction and then we'd see like okay let's see how this works and we just kind of sit behind the screen like okay okay and then like oh okay yay <laughs> so it was always fun we'd like be cheering this on and i i fondly remember that so I, like when they would say oh you guys got to do a swallow study i'd be like yeah let's go <laughs> yeah so that was that i thought you'd find funny um yeah i that's that stuff is wildly interesting and i it, when I, when that my client was starting to go through some of that stuff, I was I started doing a little bit of research into it too because I'm just you know I'm I'm like I want to know what's happening as well as making sure that 
anything that I would be doing isn't going to have like a negative or a detrimental effect to their ability to actually swallow. So the, the concept, right, is such a weird, it's a weird thing to think about, like, how do you teach somebody to swallow? Like, how, like it's one of those things that have become so ingrained in our habits and the way that we exist through life that it's one of those things that we take for granted. We do it hundreds of times a day without even thinking about it. Yeah, right? Like, often, often. And it's it's one of those um, like almost like an autonomic response, similar in the sense of like when we look at like a heartbeat or blinking or breathing, it just kind of happens, and we kind of un unconsciously sub subconsciously unconsciously subconsciously would it be subconsciously subconsciously just well do unconscious it. you'd be asleep yeah true <laughs> you get where I'm going right I get what you mean you right but yeah so it's it's like one of those things that it just it just happens what was the thing you were saying last week uh, the the uh, where you don't notice it it's just natural what, what? oh that like yeah. blinking and breathing yeah are kind of like those two things that um, so when we were talking about the ghost stories uh, we were talking about how your brain act like there's so much sensory information coming in that your brain actively has to like shut stuff out yeah and so we were talking about you know when you talk about breathing you're not conscious of it until it gets brought up mm-hmm. right blinking you're not conscious until it tell it brought up and now, now you're yeah. consciously breathing or like i even brought up like you know you don't feel the clothes that are on your body and your nose right or the fact that you're you can always see your nose but your brain tunes it out <laughs> right and that, that's a, that's one of those things right because it's always in our field of view yeah but it's it's a learned trait from your brain until you go like until you want to look at it and you go oh yeah i can see my nose right but it just I'm tunes it out my nose so much right <laughs> right and so when you do when you when you bring some of that stuff up and you bring that level of awareness to it then you're just kind of like oh my god yeah like i can feel my shirt or i can feel myself sitting on a chair or i can feel you know whatever the thing that you're doing because your brain doesn't it's it, you don't need it necessarily at the moment and so it tunes it out so but like i going going into this like taking for granted the idea that swallowing is one of those things that is so ingrained and so commonplace for a large majority of people you don't realize like how important it is until you don't have the access to it and then going backwards and like how the fuck do you teach that yeah uh and that was so that's kind of you know my long rant to say i did some research on it prior because i was like this is something i've never had to think about clearly ryan lover of knowledge yes (laughs) to touch on the the swallowing part whenever i used to smoke and get high that would be the thing that i like hyper focus because i was like i can't i can't swallow like i would get nervous and like my heart would start racing it's like i can't swallow my mouth is dry i have no saliva to swallow but i'm like why can't I swallow? Why can't I swallow? So I'm like super hyper focused. And then as it, as I got better at getting stoned, I'd be like, all right, you can't swallow. Let's try some water. I drink some water. I'd be like, ha, I can swallow. I remember how to do it now. I'm he good. He developed his own compensatory strategy. Yeah. That's amazing. Water. water. Independent man. Yeah. I love it. I don't need no SLP. <laughs> you don't, you don't tell you need it. That's I, true. I, yeah. I, they don't want any of you to need it. That's, <laughs> That's like, I always feel weird when I'm like with friends or whatever, and you know, like maybe their professions help me out in some way. I'm like, well, if you ever need anything, and especially with people with kids, they're mm. like, we don't want to need you. I'm like, oh, it's true. It's true. It's fine. That's a. Uh, I remember you doing that with uh, another coach that we used to work with, and you would squeeze his uh, squeeze his cheeks together when he would talk. Oh, someone with a lisp. Yeah. Right. Ah, yeah, that was fun. And I remember the one like one time it was all three of us talking, and just out of the fucking blue. 
Becca just goes up and squeezes his cheeks and she goes, try it again. Ah. <laughs> we were very comfortable with each other. Yeah, it wasn't it out was, of the blue. He wasn't like, what the hell? He was like, oh, I'm doing it again. I was trying to help him self-monitor. But for the fact that you just go, try it. It was so funny. And I was like, what just happened? And you're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, we would, we would talk God. at length about that. That's, right. That's so funny. Good times. Um, just try it again. The, the one thing that I wanted to come back to and I guess it would probably be a good point to kind of like, you know, start wrapping this up is earlier you were talking and trying to relate it back into health and fitness that you were earlier talking about how generally like SLP was kind of largely founded within like the forties. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of this like kind of weird new profession that really like has come to be. And I think because of that, because of it is being such a new thing, like a lot of people don't aren't fully aware of its existence to a certain degree. And I just wanted to like make a make kind of like a, a parallel note in similar similarly when we look at like exercise like exercise as a whole is a very new concept like we have exercised but it was never structured in the way that it was today where largely in the bat in the past we would look at sport as our form of exercise like people weren't generally just running right Mm -hmm. to a certain degree right like olympic sports who have been around for obviously a very long time right marathon like 100 years Give or take a hundred yeah. years, you know, yeah. <laughs> the Olympics are only around for a hundred years. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the, the actual application of like strength and conditioning and like exercise in the way that we know it has really only, really only developed largely over the past, about the past, like 80 to 90 years, give or take realistically. Um, I mean, especially in the U S it's had some like wild ass changes where we used to see these, like, you know, it was largely like a group, group class, like aerobic was kind of the main yeah. thing, especially <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but like aerobic was kind of the big thing when we would look at it um, until, honestly, it was a lot. It was a lot of the changes that we have today and a lot of the information that we know about largely came from like the Eastern Bloc and Russia through the Cold War. And I think a lot of people don't know that, which right, why would they, right? There's really no reason to know that type mm-hmm. of information. Um, but just in the sense that like, you know, we see exercise and it's now largely been ingrained into our into our society for the most part. Um but just the newness is such a cool concept in like the how looking at a lot of other professions that we see like through say like medicine like the actual practice of medicine or um like engineering and all these things like have been around for centuries and have like centuries worth of practice and to kind of see the evolution of something new in such a very recent time largely even in the pat even in the aspects of people's lifetimes where there's people alive that like you know, spe- language wasn't a thing right? in the sense of like yeah. language, pre- like uh, spe- uh, speech, language practitioners, practitioners, pathologists, pathologist. I was like, yeah. you get the P. I guess it kind of works, but <laughs> it <does>. still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but like exercise, like people are people are alive today that that wasn't a thing that existed in their lifetimes oh, or yeah. in the earlier stages of their lives, which is wild. Or yeah. Or they'd be like, oh, you stutter, put some marbles in your mouth and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Just Versus like, the stop approaches stuttering. are difficult, yeah. are very <laughs> different now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's cool to think about all of that, you know, the modification and like the exercise, especially in the CrossFit community, is it all develops out of need. The reason they're new is because it just wasn't necessary at the time. Um, and I, speaking to CrossFit specifically, because, I mean, that's how I got to know you both. Right. But um, I fucking love it because it's the comp- it's not solely the exercise. The avenue with which you practice it is also the social. It's the social community. All my friends do CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> my friends are strong. It's cool. 
you know, so that's, uh, it's, it makes me appreciate both realms even more because it's not just like arbitrarily there. It's there because it's important. And I just hope that more and more people find it. So on that topic, what would be, so if somebody's listening to this and they go, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe they think they have something going on or they know somebody, say like a family member that has potentially something going on. Where would somebody go to try and like seek out an SLP or to kind of just like, I guess, figure out if that's the route that they need to take? Good question. Um, because they treat all ages and stages, it'd kind of be depending on what you're looking for. I mean, within a hospital setting, all hospitals have SLPs on hand. So you can just say I'd, I'd like a, a referral or an assessment. So if you have a little kiddo even who's displaying some weird things, um, their speech or language is delayed, they're, they're swallowing for eating, they're not latching on to mom, those kinds of things, there's an SLP there. So they can just request an assessment. Um, if you have a little one in the household ages zero to three, you can go to your local regional center and request an assessment from an SLP. And that's something they can give to you. And that's for anything, it was just from like a small speech impairment, well, not small, mild speech impairment to, you know, I, I detect maybe signs of autism or something's off. If you're in the school system, all schools, have, that's where I'm at with an SLP. I get referrals all the time. Can you just take a look? Um, and there's also, I mean, so there's, tons of places there's also private practice um institutions that slps will open up on their own i would recommend that as the last resort because you guys pay a lot for that <laughs> they're in the money making <laughs> business yeah yeah unfortunately so um yeah there's there's lots of avenues and in case anybody is listening who's i, I don't know you guys probably have a wild crowd listening and quite diverse if anybody's interested in the field and would like to learn more or uh, i used to let people shadow all the time i don't know how it'll be now but um this is definitely a field where because it's so new and whatnot, I'm, I'm all for helping people move forward. There's so many people when I was interested in it who let me observe with them, interview them, ask all kinds of questions. So if anybody wants that, they can feel free to hit me up. I'd be more than happy to talk for them. Um, okay, that's awesome. And so, so to kind of recap that, so if generally if it's like a student, if you're looking at a student, you can almost always look through the schools. Exactly. Even if you're in a private school and the public school in the area with which you reside has to be, give you an assessment. Is that is that a nationwide type of thing? Do you know? Oh, great question. I'm not sure. I know for California, that's the rule. But uh, laws are different state to state. Uh, public and private for California or just public? Just public. Some private schools I know will hire their own on, but it, as long as that person lives in the area, they can go to their nearest public school and get it. No oh, problem. Okay, that's Even awesome. if they they go to the private yeah. instead. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So then, so that would be something that could be for like kids and that's, you know, all schools, right? Like grade school to high school, that type of thing. Correct. And I'm assuming college as well. Nah, you're an adult at that point. You're on your own. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. Oh, that's a great question. You know, I'm, not sure. I, I know that like with this, uh, I'm thinking in college because I also help. I also work at a college. <laughs> um, they have clinics on campus for for the graduate students, right? And so that's where they practice and gain their their um, experience, and they work under a licensed SLP. So some people choose, you know, maybe they wanted a private practice route, um, but they can't quite afford it. They'll choose to go to a university clinic because they kind of pay on a sliding scale. But you're still getting 
you know, the assistance of a licensed clinician. You're getting, you're getting like the, the cheaper rate, but also under the, like the, under the, the supervision. Oh, yeah. No, I don't want to say guys, but like, but also you're giving up a little bit of the like private aspect of it because you're also in like a learning situation as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then, so we got the schools covered. Um, if you're kind of outside of, you know, the school range, then there's, uh, you can go to local centers, right? You said there's... Oh, so a regional center would be for like children birth to three. Gotcha. Okay. They, um, if, if you're an adult, I, I've seen people go to the university or it, private practice is usually the way they go by that point. It depends on what it is. I mean, I can, not to get too into it, I know... Um, an older adult male in his 50s was never had a girlfriend, was having a hard time with that social language, the pragmatics. And he went to go see a girlfriend of mine in um, private practice. And so they worked on that. It was kind of interesting, like almost like, like dating. dating coaching. Almost. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier when we were talking about like the before we bro- before we broke off into like texting about like oh. communications. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, at, as far as I know, should I get different information? I'll let you know. But um, adult and non, I think you got to go the private practice route unless you happen to know somebody. Do you know, out of curiosity, if stuff like that is, is, is insurance an aspect of that? Like, is this considered like a medical necessity or kind of one of those uh, uh, non-medical that things well, that you want to do? Well, medical, if depending on what it is. So if... It's the result of some kind of like injury. seizure or whatever. If you're in the hospital, you can. If you're in the hospital for whatever caused the thing that communication disorder is now a secondary issue, yes, your insurance can cover it for sure. But if you're just like, you're like I'm you have a 30 lisp. and uh, my lisp is reemerging, nah, you've got to go private. <laughs> okay. No, that was just I was just kind of curious because like just thinking about like how can people find that because honestly, if if someone were to ask me, I'd be like, I don't know. And I would immediately go to you. <laughs> like, how the fuck do I, how do I find this stuff? Great. Um, other than like maybe just doing a Google search, mm-hmm. which I imagine would probably be most people's first options. Yeah. But like, just to like guide, guide the search and the query a little bit, you can go like, here's some options as to where you can generally find it or find them. And then, you know, use Google to kind of help you in that regard. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Cool. Well said. Thank I, you. Before we wrap up, because I, I hear this, I just want to say kudos to you both. Sorry, God, my high pitch. Uh, like, it's really cool <laughs> that, like, during a, a very, very, <laughs> a very <laughs> social isolating time, well, th- you followed through on this, like, creative endeavor you did. First of all, that's cool, because a lot of people say they want to do things, and, you know, it just kind of falls through. That's thanks. Oh. That's thanks to Eric. Well done. Eric, <laughs> Eric pushed us into making this a reality. Well, th- that's awesome, because, well, this has been so nice. I, I can only speak for myself, for me personally, because I feel like, oh, I connect with you guys like, you know, every once a couple times a month or whatever. And it's like, oh, you guys <laughs> talking to my car. Oh, Eric. Yeah. Oh, Ryan. And that's what we love is like that was our whole goal was to just include everyone in the conversation, even though we can't hear you for you to like chime in or laugh or be like, oh, yeah. And like the thought process go through your head of like, oh, you know, like I had the same idea or oh, like. Oh, that answers a question. You know, you're part of that conversation, and that's that's like that's what we wanted. Those are those are the best messages that I get. Like the ones that I go, hell yeah, we're doing it right. Yeah, because the, the like Eric was just saying, like we wanted the whole goal was to try and make make it seem like you were in a room chatting with a bunch of buddies, 
right? And that was that's the goal. And so to hear like you are very vocal and responding to that stuff, where you go like, oh, I wanted to say this when you're blah blah blah, and I'm like, yes, like yes, it worked, like it's working. That's yeah. that's exactly what I want it to be. So I appreciate that. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. It's been super fun and i'm total fangirling that i'm here i wanted to be like damn i totally wanted to be like uh thanks long time listener first time guest speaker and then i forgot to do that in my opening oh so, no my bad did you write is it because you didn't write it in your notes Sh- shut up probably probably it didn't make it in the 36 uh the volumes yeah that she has in there you only have you only have volume two here yeah. oh lord um, well, no, it's been awesome. Like, I, you know, this is, I find this stuff absolutely fascinating. And even though it's, you know, health and health and fitness is kind of the, the general guys under what we speak on, that even though this isn't necessarily the exercise related health and fitness as we think about, it, it is a part of the body. And it's a thing that I think most people don't think about. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was very excited when he thought, brought this concept on and I was like, hell yeah, let's go. Well, let's do this. Let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it falls into that that thing you said. It's like we don't think subconsciously. We just talk, and we're not faced with having to fight the issue if we're not facing the issue. So we don't understand as people who talk constantly that we don't struggle with that. So it's 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 a fun concept to bring up and make people aware of. Right. Two also being like the you, you know if the last year has taught us anything, a lot of things, hopefully, but if anything, you know, we're, we're in a space right now within the U S too, where we're trying to be very aware of people, right. And aware of differences and aware of, you know, how we interact and how we treat each other. And so, you know, there's, our voice is such a integral, our voice and the way that we articulate ourselves to people is such an integral aspect to our personality and our person as a whole. And that is a thing that I think we have to be very cognizant of as we are going through like navigating this world, interacting with people, especially as we're starting to interact with people again. And again, the voice is just one of those aspects, you know, kind of similar when we had Kyle on, you know, she talks about how the voice is so integral to you. Um, you know, from that's from a singing side, but now we're also, you know, vocalizing side, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're also now looking at kind of more of this, the science of vocalizations and kind of the mouth and how we move or how we speak and whatnot. I kind of really just dumbed down your your profession. So apologies, <laughs> right? But but I, I think being cognizant of how how we are interacting with people that if, if they do have some sort of impairment would might be the best way to go also, about it. Yeah. Um, you know, just having a little bit of that heightened awareness is a good thing, right? And we can kind of hopefully garner some more patience with people if they do have a little bit of a stutter or do have a little bit of a hard time kind of articulating themselves. And then we can kind of take a beat and not necessarily, be, you know, prescribe any judgments or thoughts on a person not knowing anything about them. Well said. Yeah. So on that note, <laughs> Eric, where can people find us? You guys can find us on our Instagram at another period rep period podcast, and you can email us at another rep podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as you can listen to this on YouTube if you're a YouTube junkie, as I am. Nice. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.